a family with a little girl who's gifted a haunted house, a creepy clown doll. They move the headstones, but not the bodies. <laughs> All this can only mean one thing. We're comparing Poltergeist on this episode of Retro versus Remake. Parker. I'm Dan Bielek. Welcome to another episode of Retro vs. Remake. This is the series where we compare movies and the remakes. Join us as we answer the question, should this remake exist? Today's films are Poltergeist. Let's get right into it. The original Poltergeist was made in 1982, starring Joe Beth Williams, Craig T. Nelson, Beatrice Strait, Heather O'Rourke, Dominique Dunn, Oliver Robbins, and Zelda Rubenstein. Directed by Toby Hooper, screenplay by Steven Spielberg, Michael Grias, and Mark Victor. Music by Jerry Goldsmith. Poltergeist 2015, starring Sam Rockwell, Rosemary DeWitt, Jared Harris, Jane Adams, Saxon Trebino, Kyle Catlett, and Kennedy Clements. Directed by Gil Keenan. Screenplay by David Lindsay Bear. Music by Mark Streitenfeld. All right. All right, Reggie, what is your first experience with either film? As a, as a recurring theme with this show, I, horror is not my genre. <laughs> um, although, I mean, this is a horror film, but um, I've seen the references like the TV and like popular culture, like I want to say like Tiny Toons and like yeah, The Simpsons and stuff like that. So Steven like Spielberg, so. Yep, <laughs> yep. And, you know, I also um, kind of understood the sort of the burial ground type of reference and stuff right. but i've never seen either one of these films this is my first time watching them for uh for this show oh interesting yeah i had seen the original before um probably years ago i've seen it a few times for sure the original poltergeist i saw though wasn't the first one the first one i ever saw okay. was poltergeist 3 when i was a kid and they always because they always had that on like channel 11 yeah. back in the day <laughs> and that scared the shit out of me when yeah. i was a kid and uh, I don't think I actually saw the first Poltergeist until I was like old enough to not really be scared by right, it. Right. But I was old enough to kind of appreciate that kind of a take. Like, oh, okay, now yes, I understand all these references right. from popular culture. Uh, but uh, I'd never seen the remake until for this podcast, and we didn't—I didn't actually know <laughs> that remake existed. Right. And with like such a cast too, it's like Sam Rockwell's in this. <laughs> like, how did Jared Harris? Like, it's a good cast. Yeah. You know? um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so. I, um, that one completely slipped me because uh, I was looking at some of the things that came out in the box office around that time, and there was some like, and I don't remember, them, but uh, there were some decent flicks. So, I mean, yeah, looking at um, when this came out uh, in 2015, it was the same time as Tomorrowland, Pitch Perfect 2, and Mad Max Fury Road. Oh, man. So, Fury I mean, Road. like, you know, it, it was a rough time to drop a, you know, even with the name, it was a rough time to drop a horror film because I would say Tomorrowland and Mad Max were like, kind of like big deal at the time, especially Mad Max. Yeah, especially Mad Max. Yeah. Yeah, I just, I don't remember seeing, <laughs> I don't think any, yeah, anything, right? anything for this movie. So yeah. I was just like, there's a Poltergeist remake? <laughs> so surprised. Anyways, we are going to compare these films, but they are very similar. But first, a brief synopsis. All the names are different, of course. They couldn't spare us any, any of that, so here we go. 
A family has moved into a new home. The youngest daughter seems to have some strange connection with the house and can communicate with something through the TV. Strange phenomena start to occur. At first, they're playful, but soon take a sinister turn. One night, an old tree comes to life and takes the sun. While everyone tries to save him, the youngest daughter is taken. While they look for her, they realize the house took her, but are able to communicate with her through the TV. Not sure what to do, the family seeks help from professionals in the paranormal. A small team goes to the house to examine the phenomena. They observe and are even terrorized by the house themselves. They do eventually discover a portal of sorts that begins in the children's closet and ends in their ceiling. Unsure of how to deal with the poltergeist, they bring in a spiritual medium. This specialist warns the family of the danger and comes up with a plan to get back the youngest daughter. With some rope and a brave volunteer from the family, they are able to bring the daughter back. The house is now clean. Or is it? The family then decides to leave, but the house refuses. In a last ditch effort, the house tries to suck the youngest daughter back into the closet. It's revealed that the house is on an old graveyard. The headstones removed, but not the bodies! You moved the cemetery, but you left the bodies, didn't you? You left the bodies and you only moved the headstones! You only moved the headstones! It's revealed that the <laughs> it's revealed that the house they have been saying son of a bitch all weekend, maybe that's why. <laughs> it's <laughs> family is able to escape the house safely right before the house destroys itself. The family gets away and each movie ends on a comedic beat. <laughs> the end. Alright, very similar. Um, yeah, we had a little bit of fun with that. You moved the headstones but not the bodies. That's such a quotable line. <laughs> yeah. it's, it's so over the top, uh, Craig T. Nelson's delivery of it. Yeah, because I've been, I decide, I've been working on my deck. I'm removing all these old boards because yeah. it's like all rotten so every time yeah. i couldn't get to move like yeah, come on you son of a bitch yeah, move yeah. you son of a bitch so i guess i was channeling craig t oh man uh, yeah we'll talk about yeah, it we'll get into him. Yeah. actually um since these moves are very similar i think we should get into characters nice. and i was going to start with the dad of each family right. so we can segue right to craig t nelson so uh our dads of each family craig t nelson as stephen freeling <laughs> and sam rockwell as Eric Bowen. We can't call the cops. What are you gonna tell them? Alright, where should we start here? I was thinking maybe the jobs, because... The, the, the jobs, yes. Yeah, because exactly. it plays into the plot of the original Red right. so much in right. the remake. So Craig T. Nelson, um, he works with the company that's constructing homes right. in this area. So he knows the ins and outs and he knows what's going on where it's going to be built here and there even his own house that he lives in mm. was built by this company so he knows almost everything yeah it's it's a good sort of plot device right like there's a meaning to this scenario like you mentioned they move the headstones not the bodies uh weird corner to cut <laughs> <laughs> you know it's like it seems like you already did a decent amount of work. Maybe finish the job. How do you but, get like a solid foundation on a house if you're not going that low? That's like, a great question. Do none of these houses have a basement? <laughs> so, like, <laughs> Instead of a basement, you have a portal where you put things <laughs> and they come through the ceiling. So, um, yeah. So it's cool. Like it ties back into the plot, right? Like right. his job <laughs> is relevant to sort of our experience, and we get to 
get a, in my opinion, a much more natural reveal of that sort of twist um, because he works with a company that right. that did it. Mm -hmm. um, Sam Rockwell has no job. He has no job. <laughs> and to me, it's such a strange choice because we're dealing a lot with the struggle of that and not so much with the poltergeist really right. early on. You know, it's just like, I mean, kind of going to that 1982 film, um, I think there's a lot of misdirection. Like when you first watch the film, the TV's uh, has that static. It's playing the national anthem like TV's used to. Um, and you know, you could watch like the first 30, 40 minutes, well, 30 minutes of this movie and not know what the hell it's about, right. ultimately. Um, so that's cool. I think that when, when they do that in that film, because he has a job, because he's tied to a construction company, there's a lot more room to play in that space versus a guy with no job because it's like, oh man, he's struggling. He, he's not able to pay for things. His credit card's getting declined. Yeah. And, but it, it's also irrelevant. Right. It doesn't play into the plot later. Like right. Craig T. Nelson's job comes comes full circle. Yes. Like it's very important yeah. that we knew that his what his job was and his position and his role and everything. Right. And that he was lied to. Yeah. Right. <laughs> and you know, there, there's elements where, you know, part part of it does get a little muddy. Like when he's when the poltergeist stuff happens, Craig T. Nelson's not working at the time, so people are kind of concerned about him. Mm -hmm. But it does bring in a character that's not really in the remake that has some comedic beats, like you were saying, mm -hmm. with the the bodies, you know. Um, <laughs> so I mean, like I would say that just at the start gives Craig T. Nelson such a leg up because he has a foundation. He's a successful family man. Mm -hmm. So like we don't need to focus on any sort of external striker. It's almost like some of the humor of the movie where there is humor is it's pitch perfect suburbia. Right. <laughs> you know, like it's a it's a suburban normal family versus uh Sam Rockwell, yeah, it's a suburban normal family, but like how'd they close that loan? You're like, you're not working right now? Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Bank's gonna deny you. They're gonna say, Whoa, 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 there's no income coming here. From either parent, yeah, you right. know? As so. recent as recent homeowners, we're both yeah. like, oh jeez, that's the horror. <laughs> I am gonna cover that mortgage like <laughs> And not only that, they're able to buy another house yeah. at the end of the movie. Yeah. With, like no problem. No it's, reference to his money issues. He can't even like buy a few things at the grocery store in the beginning of the film. He's buying another house at the end of the film. It's it's insane. Yeah. Yeah, so that was just, it was a weird decision, but I get that decision to like, well, we don't want to follow the exact same beats, so I could, I was okay. Yeah. I was willing to forgive that, like, okay, maybe he doesn't do the things, because, like, if he said the line to, yeah, remove those, yeah. that stone, so not that body, it would come across as cheesy. So I could see maybe wanting to stray from that, even though they do kind of say the line. Yeah. Like they, a couple people yeah, say the line yeah, in the movie. Yeah. It doesn't I, hit as hard because of the job connection. Yeah, exactly. But, um, the thing that I liked about Craig T. Nelson and just working is like you get this like you said it's almost like you don't know what kind of a movie this is yeah. this is just a professional guy just wearing suits going to work every day yeah. and then like when Carol Ann the daughter in the original it disappears like you can see like just the disintegration of his yes. character right yeah it's like he's not working anymore he's just completely disheveled he's got the five o'clock shadow he looks so he tired looks, yes like i could just feel like because he's not sleeping because he doesn't know where his daughter is right. right so you could really that comes across so clearly with his character like he was just he was here in society his daughter's missing he's neglected everything because he's just so concerned about her and you know sam rockwell great actor sure love him and um because he doesn't have that like high status he's just kind of like here yeah. all the time he doesn't have this downward spiral and I didn't really 
I just didn't get it from his character like right. I did from Craig T. Nelson. Right. I mean, like, Craig T. Nelson is is funny in the film. Right. Um, you know, like I said, in this open sequence, okay, there's a TV, there's a national anthem. Uh, it's like kids playing pranks that make people spill beers. Yeah. He's having, like, a... a yeah, the football fo- thing. Yeah, the football, the football <laughs> thing. The, the TV face off with the neighbor. Yeah, because I guess the way the TV set up, when one remote hits, it changes both yeah. TVs. And I was like, I gotta watch Mr. Rogers. Yeah. Like, in here. I got so, the game on. Come on. Like I said, there, there's times where he gets high. Like he, yeah. He talks about how he used to be a swimmer. You just see him kind of like diving in the bed. Like all these funny moments, and he's funny in that space. But also because he's grounded with his job, he is this sort of like provider male type of ar- archetype, um, which allows him, even though he gets disheveled towards the end of the film. There's a moment where he gets to be sort of the heroic kind of provider again. Mm-hmm. And um, by giving him the foundation of just functioning in society, you know, um, as just like your kind of, how do you put it, uh, white picket fence type of, you know, I'm going to go bring home the bacon type of guy. By making him like that sort of archetype, um, there's just so much more space to play in, like right. you're saying, like Sam Rockwell just. I mean, like, when he does try to, like, provide for his family, you're, you're thinking, like, oh, this is reckless. Like, when he buys some right. gifts, I'm like, yeah. I'm like, Jesus, dude, you can't even afford a, uh, a squirrel trap. <laughs> 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 they sell those. Um, yeah. <laughs> so it's like, when he's doing provision or being, like, kind of heroic in some senses, it doesn't, it falls flat. Because right. it's like, this guy doesn't have a lot going on at the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I think that plays there and also plays with the humor because mm-hmm. both movies do attempt humor yeah and like you said the original Craig T. Nelson's doing things in front of the mirror like before after before <laughs> yeah. after like just watching his gut so and weird. because he doesn't have those financial issues any woes like that we're not worried <laughs> about the family so yeah. we're able to go along for those like yeah. those comedic bits that are thrown in the movie yeah. but when they throw the comedy in the remake because we're worried about the finances yeah. like you said right. so when they try those funny moments we're like well, it doesn't matter what about the fucking money yeah, yeah, what are we going to yeah. do how are you going to eat in the next <laughs> day I know. you know so we're the, the comedy just doesn't quite work as well um, with those characters yeah yeah. I think that um, you know like, like I said the original film does sort of play in the genre like it eventually does settle into the horror of the film but um, this, this remake, I guess, is doing the same thing. But like it, because it's not really tied into the real problem, which is that there's a poltergeist. Right. Um, the poltergeist is actually affecting Craig T. Uh, Nelson's job. You know, um, this poltergeist is just kind of like piling on at this point, and it. I think it's just a bit too much of a distraction right. going into the uh, the events of the movie. And again, I like you said, Sam Rockwell's a funny guy he's able to play roles like this like I love him in like the movie Moon which like he's just yeah. he plays in space of like serious while being funny but there's no space for him to do that because like his situation is so dire right. that I can't like you said I can't I can't enjoy the humor because I'm, I'm too concerned yeah. <laughs> and ultimately like you said there's just it's inconsequential that they can't <laughs> they have no right. money no. it doesn't affect anything later in the film so it's you're kind of just spending the shitty time with the family yeah, yeah, yeah. as opposed to this fun time uh, right but we're getting a little ahead because we're talking about the whole family so i mean i think it sounds like we're both on craig t nelson Cra- craig t nelson is one. so funny in this movie and then when he's not funny he's playing the role perfect like you said when he's disheveled he he right. comes across 
you see the stress of the family on him. Right. And then towards the end when he has to like kind of make a choice that like the end, a heroic choice, um, he's able to wear that hat too. So like he seamlessly because of the way the plot's integrated, just plays all these roles so well. And Sam Rockwell, I know is capable of that, but we, we don't get to see it in a, you know, mm-hmm. that's why I agree. I, I'm wholeheartedly in the Craig T. Nelson camp because he makes the movie in a lot of ways work. Like I think he's he's very fundamental in why this movie is successful. Yeah. They're not perfect characters, you know, we see yeah. the parents getting high, mm-hmm. you know, and then they're like, they might be high when they go to the neighbor's house too, because yeah. they just can't stop laughing, because yeah. they've had some weird shit that's happening at their house, I don't know, but they're, they're fun characters, mm-hmm. and you're able to have fun because they don't have money woes, like they do in the remake. Yeah. yeah. And the job connection um, works with the plot. It's just really a strange choice, like, to yeah. have a family move into a house, right? Like, the first day you move into yeah. the house, you don't have enough money to live in the house. It's really perplexing of a choice. It was a choice. It was a choice. <laughs> and they stuck with it. Yeah. Let's go on <laughs> to the moms of each film. We have Joe Beth Williams as Diane Freeling. Well, who did you mean? Who's here? And Rosemary DeWitt as Amy Bowen. Fix your upper. All the houses are like this in our price range. Um, again, job-wise, kind of similar. Mm-hmm. Kind of the housewife in both, although in the remake she's housewife slash author. Right. She's, um, she's supposed to work on that book, and Sam Rockwell refuses to let her work. Yeah. She's supposed to work on that book. So again, it's just another problem. It, it is a problem. <laughs> for the money, yeah. and then he's just being stubborn about, no, wife of mine's going to work, and she, she's yeah. going to make that book. Just let her work, man. It's, it's weird, especially because, uh, you know, we, we'll talk about the daughter, but like, when the daughter needs like a phone, it's like, go get her a job. It's like, yeah. what, what's, what's happening? Yeah. You know, like, um, it, you know, I, yeah, yeah, sorry. Not to jump ahead too much, but like, it is a strange source for Sam Rockwell to be like, I don't want you working. And I, I get it, he's not trying to like stress out his wife or his family, but like, don't you think not having money is <laughs> a stressor, you know? <laughs> um, I think kind of going back to that sort of idyllic suburban lifestyle, um, Joe Beth, right, Yep. Joe Beth um, plays the housewife role well. Mm-hmm. Um, she does play off of Craig T. Williams really well. Um, you know, there's not, again, because there's not really a lot of strife, you know, we get to have these fun moments, like you said, the getting high moment. And um, overall, um, she has a pretty good connection with her, her kids too, because there aren't these money woes. So, mm-hmm. um, there are choices in the movie as well towards the ending. I, I don't want to dive into that, but like that make her a more consequential character than the mother in the remake. And, and again, it's just sort of how they choose to tell the story, how they choose to kind of end the story. Right. But, yeah. um, you know, just off, offhand again, the, because there's not the money stress, Joe Beth Williams has a bit of an advantage going into this. Um, Rosemary DeWitt, at one point, you know, it's hard to talk about them without the kids, but like her interaction with the kids are more, there's more stress in those interactions. And uh, she sort of regrets some of the things that she says to kids at times right, in the movie. Yeah. So it's hard for her to fill into like 
the motherly loving right. slot because yeah. <laughs> the fucking money. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's usually like the kids are acting up and it's more of a discipline thing. Yeah. Like her interactions. It's not really just like small moments to just hang out with the family. It's right. like, stop doing this. Don't act like this, right. you know? I thought we had another baby in the family. Yeah. It's like, damn. Yeah. Cold, she, huh? She's <laughs> super cold. Like, um, and, you know, it, it's fine that that's what the character does, but, you know, the mom role in the film is not the same. Like they need Joe Beth to be more maternal. Um, and I think that like Joe Beth's connection to the daughter who we'll talk about feels a lot more like connected mm -hmm. because um, they all seem to like each other most of the time. <laughs> um, versus the remake where, I don't know, they're, again, that the random stress I think just makes it hard for us to just take yeah. the ride with him yeah and plus like they're always just yelling at the kids the kids like i think something's wrong it's like stop yeah. being annoying you're annoying yeah. us right now yeah. it's like go away um i don't know it's just a lot of moments like that in the remake <laughs> but um before because we're talking about the kids a little bit so like what i like about uh with joe beth williams is she's one of the early people in the original mm -hmm. movie that like experiences like poltergeist yes. activity yeah and then, like I said in the description, it's very playful at first. Mm -hmm. So she's like, just like super freaking into it. Yeah. Like she's like having a blast with it. She's like, she's like, wait, 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 wait for it, wait for it. She's like, she brings the husband in. She's like, just look at it, watch it, and it just slides across the floor. And then she's like jumping for joy. She's like, yeah. yes, look at yeah. this. That's yeah. so freaking awesome. Yeah. And then it's so it's like, <laughs> I don't know, just like her joy and just like how happy she is. It's like you're able to go along with her again. Just mm -hmm. we're not worrying about anything else. Right. So like she's already been fun by getting high earlier. Yeah. And now she's like having a blast with this poltergeist, you know, kind of like very playful and childlike sure. in her behavior, almost like we would be if we had experienced yeah, yeah. some bizarre phenomenon like that. So um, just very fun right. role early on, especially um, before, you know, takes the dark turn. So she, I was able, I was, I was able to follow her journey very easily. Yeah, yeah, very, very easily. Yeah. Uh, I think you're making a great point there with, um, her experiencing the paranormal, right? Like in the remake, that falls more on the kids mm -hmm. and the parents aren't really at first seeing the paranormal activity. And it is mostly played, you know, it's playful in some sense, but like it's mostly played for like a more modern horror film to like jump scare. Mm -hmm. And uh, <laughs> the original movie, like you're not, supposed to be scared until you're supposed to be right you know um you know a lot there's you know modern horror does a lot of that tension you know you know you hear the violin <laughs> or something like that and then like oh i just picked up this ring and it's like all right like <laughs> cool but like uh, again it, you don't get to really sit in that like you mentioned that scene is so great when the toys and four just like slides across that's it's a hell of a lot of fun to yeah. point. um so again for like the first like almost half of the movie is just like man this is <laughs> this, this is great this is fun <laughs> and uh you know um it settles into what it becomes and um this remake i think that i think that the remake is trying to be more ominous early mm -hmm. and yeah. uh you know diane i think she plays into that because people in the house are experiencing paranormal activities she's not so she's like what the hell is wrong with you? these right. kids like come on right yeah, it's just a lot less fun <laughs> yeah yeah a lot less fun <laughs> you know and then sort of like for me i guess the last thing to really wrap up because it's hard to talk about the mom character about the kids uh 
again, it's uh, with her being an author, um, it's like they allude to it and they don't. Right. She doesn't have a laptop, a typewriter, <laughs> you know, like. Um, I would, I'd be interested in this person that's like trying to write a book and there's like things happening and it's stopping her. Like she's mm-hmm. saying like, ah, you know, I'm not writing a book, but it seems more like, again, it's like money problems versus right. uh, a haunted house. Right. <laughs> yeah, I don't know. Yeah, you're right. They're, we're learning about her character, about these things she does, and we never actually see her try to sit down, right? She does say, yeah. like, I'm not really writing. Right. You know, she's right. like, well, you're busy. <laughs> yeah. All right. That's great. That was a good conversation between you two. Yeah, that would have been interesting to see her, like, try to get some time alone, like, work in an office, mm-hmm. and then, like, just some noises, some things moving around yeah. that she, you know, just fucking with her, and then, yeah. R- random things, like, she didn't type on the screen. That'd be cool. Wow. <laughs> you know? That would be cool. <laughs> like, Tell me how else you would <laughs> make How to improve the, uh, that dynamic? Um, no, no, I'm... I'm I'm a YouTuber, I'm not a writer. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, so I, I think, again, we're going to go with the original there, Joe Beth Williams. Yeah, just another character that gets to have fun because they yeah. don't have <laughs> extra woes. Uh, yeah, like I said, the the choice, again, which, look, it's a choice, and I think that it is good to differentiate from the other film, but I think that um, it's just there's too much emphasis on that, and it weaken those two characters so yeah the parents and the original just <laughs> they have the easier lift yep so. for sure mm-hmm. all right so let's get into some of the kids i think we'll start with the youngest daughter the one who can communicate with the ghosts the specters we have heather o'rourke as carol ann freeling and kennedy clements as madison bowen I don't know why they couldn't keep any of these names the same. Yeah. <laughs> if you're doing a remake, just say. <laughs> Anyways, all right, so our our young daughter's here. How do we start this one? Uh, I'll say this, that uh, Joe Beth, um, I would say that um, Heather O'Rourke, to me, is more of like, a look than a, you know like a fully fleshed out character like mm-hmm. she's got like the blonde bangs she she's got the voice of mommy you know mm-hmm. like um uh i think really what makes that character work is the dynamic with the mother like um mm-hmm. those two play well off of each other um it seems to be a genuinely like heart-wrenching or heartbreaking moment for the mother who's like really struggling with this kid missing um and I think, you know, she does her job well. She stares at things creepily, <laughs> communicates. Um, you know, she talks to um, the unseen as as well. Um, and I don't know, like, she really comes across, not creepy, but like, I don't know, she just feels like a kid that's being affected. In the remake, I think Kimmy Clements actually gets to do more um, in the film. I mean, like, not much more. They ultimately sort of occupy the same space, mm-hmm. but... I think uh, the brother character gets more play, and we see a lot right. more interaction between the brother and the daughter. Mm-hmm. So it does change the dynamic away from the mom-daughter right. connection. Um, I, I thought that was 
apparent in the in the remake. Wait, for sure, especially with the ending. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, yeah, they're very similar performances. Um, I thought Kennedy Clemens maybe a little creepier. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Especially because they do those moments where, like, you think you're seeing her, but it's like a yeah like a specter or something like that. It's yeah, really so creepy. it's a little creepier. Um, like Heather O'Rourke just seemed like like pretty much like a regular kid most yeah. of the time. A lot of smiling from her. Mm -hmm. I'm a very happy yeah. <laughs> kid, so you know I was able to go along with that. You didn't really see uh, Kennedy uh, no too playful or happy. No. So it's just like, well, this is a dark <laughs> kid here. I don't know. I don't know, like, what, sh what does she know? Um, and, you know, like, just for me, because it's, like, such a famous line that they're here. Yeah. Like, just the way that she, Heather O'Rourke delivers that versus, like, Kennedy Clemens just, like, they're here. Yeah. Like, oh. oh, okay. Yeah. <laughs> that was a little flat. Yeah, no, she, she plays it so well because, you know, the swing into the horror hinges on the kid. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, it hinges on Heather. In this original film, like her, like you said, that creepy they're here, like that is the signal that the movie has now shifted mm -hmm. tone. Um, in the remake, her they're here is like we yeah we know we, <laughs> we we've seen them a couple times. <laughs> uh, we're, we're aware. Um, and like I don't know, like that line to your point is delivered. Yeah, I don't blame the kid, but like the way they set her up, like it's delivered so flat that it's yeah. like all right, feels like you're just checking the box versus this iconic horror moment yeah which you know said with her you know innocently enough but it's just like the implication behind mm -hmm. the way Heather Rourke says it and then as opposed to Kennedy who's I guess trying to sound a little darker and ominous and just right comes across flatter yeah of it. and uh, you know again uh I think we get to see Kennedy I feel like there's more sort of weight and gravity to her in the sense that like she's not just like this happy-go-lucky mm -hmm. kid that's just like yeah, yeah I'm not worried about anything like she's just as concerned as almost everybody else that's um, seeing these uh, these events and like you said because there's it's not even foreshadowing like you actually see um, things before uh, you know much earlier in this film than you do in the original so um, yeah we don't really get that moment for her to really be that character that's like the naive innocent right um she's she's not she's like aware of what's happening and um it just changes that dynamic when you get that big line um so i mean i think that gives her more to do but um, you know i don't think it pays off yeah because like we start with the family in the remake while they're buying the house right. so um, immediately, like her, her first real interaction that we see with her is yeah. her talking to the closet. Right. So she's like a weird girl right, right off the bat. Right. Like, like, so they really just like didn't like, now you're going to be the weird girl the rest of the movie, like from start to finish, yeah. as opposed to Carol Ann, who we don't really see her acting that weird. Like, right. she's a little staring at the TV sometimes, but it's not really until that they're here yeah. moment that she yeah. kind of crosses that line. In. Um, I mean, the characters may be the same age. Uh, the Carol Ann, like the Heather's character, is feels younger too. Like mm -hmm. she feels like I was saying the word naive before. Like uh, I don't know how she's supposed to be, but she feels like she's like four, you know. Mm -hmm. And um, like she's anything she's saying, she, she's not taking in. Uh, this could be dangerous. Right. She's just like these are my friends, sort of. Mm -hmm. Um, in in the 
remake. Uh, I mean, I think she even used the line "friends," but like, there's nothing friendly about a lot of these interactions. So yeah, um, yeah, I, I just think it hits different, and um, I prefer the kind of like more almost like blank slate of the original versus this character has to kind of fill in more of the dots. Um, like she has to act more, which I think actually is detrimental yeah, <laughs> to this character. Yeah, because she has to, you know, I guess convey a little bit more of the horror, mm-hmm. I suppose, to like mm-hmm. Heather or Rourke, who was just, she pretty much had to play innocent the whole yep. time. Yep. And that's kind of, that's all you really need yeah. from her character. She doesn't have to have this wide range of like, Emotions and everything. No, She's no. Quite innocent, and then like you know, you can kind of hear her. Is that you, Daddy? Is that you, Mom? Right. It's not me. Run away from the light. Yeah, yeah. And, and I, th- I think that's a, that's a key there. That like, the innocence is more apparent for that character, and it's important that the most innocent person in the family is the one being affected by mm-hmm. right. these this poltergeist. Right. It, it's it's. <laughs> Very important for the plot that that's the character being affected the most. Um, In this remake, almost because the way it's playing, it's like dealer's choice. You know, pick a kid at that point. You know, (laughs) (laughs) Um, uh, they you know they went the daughter because um, you know that's that's how they did in the original, right? But like, it really because the character we're about to talk about because the emphasis on the brother in this remake, maybe it should have been him. Could have been him easily. Yeah, we we spend much more time. We do spend a lot much more time with him. So let's get into the sons. We have Oliver Robbins as Robbie Freeling. The original, and Kyle Catlett as Griffin Bowen in the remake. No way. You try. Yeah. So Griffin gets a lot of screen time. He gets a lot more screen time than uh, Robbie. Yeah, sure. yeah. I was gonna say like, besides the tree scene and the um, the clown <laughs> that we'll talk about, uh, um, the Robbie Freeland character is me. I, I can hardly remember him in the movie. Mm-hmm. Like, uh, it, it's important because like he, you know, he's reacting to things in the house. But like, again, the the original film's more centered on the parents' connection with the daughter versus, like, the kids' interaction mm-hmm. with each other. So, Robbie, um, look, he does his job. He's the kid brother, and, you know, he just does that. Um, but, um, but Kyle Catlett's uh, Griffin is, like, he's the movie. Yeah, he's, he's, he's the he, one with the art. He's, <laughs> he's the entire movie. Um, uh, you know, he sees things kind of first, He's the only one that's kind of like piping up about it. He's like, hey, these things are happening and no yeah. one's listening to him. No, nobody. It, Everyone's just like telling him, shut up, Griffin. Nobody cares. It, Good parenting. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, oh my God, this kid, this weird fucking kid, he just won't shut up. <laughs> and like, you know, um, there's moments too where like Griffin's uh, in the film, <laughs> like he blames himself for things that are happening when. You're the person that deserves the least blame. Yeah, you were trying to warn everybody <laughs> that shit that was happening. Nobody listened to you, and you're blaming yourself. Yeah, yeah, it's kind of, it's kind of shit, you know, because like you got the, the parents who aren't working, <laughs> um, who aren't listening to their kids, and you've got a kid who's like trying his his best. <laughs> and uh, um, I will say though that like is, I appreciate the acting and how much screen time he gets. I. I 
I hate it. It's too much. Uh, it's a lot for him. <laughs> they gave... We know we didn't we'll get to it when we get to the endings, but they pretty much gave him the mom arc. <laughs> yeah, yeah. He he he's the mom, but like he also plays. Uh, I don't know. He uh, we've talked about characters like this in the past. Like um, he's not like a angsty teen or stuff like that. Like, but I'm thinking of a uh, that movie with Robbie and uh, what was that? Not the Dave. Uh, uh, War of the Worlds. War of the Worlds. Like, yeah. It feels like that. Like we've made the kids. Well, there weren't kids in the original world, really. But, like, we made these kids so pivotal to the plot. And, like, if you don't like the kid... I say, yeah. It, it's it's a struggle. Like, I think Griffin's a fine enough character, but it is a lot of, like, ah, ah, it's a lot of the whining. And because the parents are reacting like that, I'm kind of reacting like that. Yeah. Like, like, yeah, kid, shut up. <laughs> like, um... I, <laughs> And I, I don't want to, like, I don't want to have that reaction, but it's kind of the reaction I have, which is like, look, I know there's poltergeist, I see them, so like, right. why, why do I have to keep listening to this, to this kid? Like, let's get into this at this point, because you you breach that ground so early, and uh, the original son is so unimportant, ultimately, yeah. that making the, the son more important and taking that away from the parents, uh, that kid better be rock solid, which, mm, he's fine, but like, I don't know, he kind of annoyed me. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> no, I can see that because all he does is like he complains. He complains about the new house. He complains about his new room. He's just complaining. About, he's just always complaining. Like the first half of the movie, all he does is complain and get scared. So it's hard to get behind his character because yeah. there's no like redeeming or heroic quality, but that, that kind of flips at the end kind of randomly. It comes out of nowhere. Yep. Because it, it, there was no build-up to it. It was just no. suddenly like, well, now Griffin's going to do the I'm thing. Yeah. <laughs> it, so, like, totally his heroic <laughs> turn is um, just diminished because it really does come out of nowhere. Yeah, yeah. And you know what? Um, I'm thinking about why I use the word annoying. Um, there's, like, a moment in the movie where it feels like a Sam Rockwell and Rosemary DeWitt are about to, like, get it on, you know? <laughs> and, uh, it's like, all right, like, we're, maybe we're going to play in some of the space that, uh, Craig T. Jones was able to play Nelson. in. And, and... Craig T. Nelson. Oh, sorry. Yeah. Craig Jones. <laughs> He's an MMA guy. Um, <laughs> yeah, that Craig T. Nelson and, um, and, uh, Joe Beth Williams, I thought that we were going to get some scenes like that. And then this kid's like a total cock block. And you're like, yeah. they, they do the jump scare, but it's just the sun coming in the room. I'm scared. And like now that scene just like stops. Mm -hmm. I'm like, oh man, I thought like, I don't know. Like that felt like it was going a fun place. Like, look, I don't need to see these two bang on camera. <laughs> but like kind of seeing them interact and be like a couple, like right. in the original film, I was like, oh, like I was like, oh, cool. We're about to get mm -hmm. that. And, no, the kid is the reason why we don't get that <laughs> so, like, and, Immediately, you just don't like the kid. Yeah, like, he's laying in the bed with him. It's like, all right, like, every night, you need the nightlight. You need to sleep in the bed. And it's like, not you know, not to be harsh, but it's like, this kid's starting to get a little older. Like, how long, how long <laughs> am I going to keep up with this? Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. You're, you're right. Like, his, it, to me, hurts his arc because I'm just like, I, I think the point was he was afraid and he faces his fears, right. but he's so afraid. Yeah, for so long that I, 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 don't, I didn't get up for the bit. And they didn't really 
explaining his fears, no. like giving a rational. No. Like they kind of explain it, like one time the mom left him somewhere for a few hours, and he's like, "Dad's like, who cares? He's older now. <laughs> He'll get yeah. over it." Yeah. <laughs> yeah, left, left him at the mall or something. Like but, maybe if we understood why he was the way he was, it might be easier to follow his journey. But you're right; he does just come across as just the annoying kid who just ruins every scene that seems to be going in an interesting direction and it makes it all about him and all yeah. the shit he's experiencing which you know justifiably so but then you're just building like this annoying character yeah and, and what i think undermines this art too is that kennedy clements who's actually in danger is is handling everything much better yeah like she's supposed to be younger than him and she's like this is fine um <laughs> so like to have the older brother again that doesn't mean much because like you said there's this backstory he was left at the mall um so, so he's a little skittish um i don't know like I, you know i do fall into like the mom at one point is upset with herself because she's like basically like, shut up um i i'm kind of with her in that scene i'm like, man, like <laughs> hey kid like let's let's tighten up man like your younger <laughs> sister's dealing with the poltergeist <laughs> just fine <laughs> <laughs> I thought I, we already had a baby in the face. I was like, yeah. damn. That was harsh, man. That's, that's the best line she has. Yeah. <laughs> it's the but, most memorable for me. It, and, you know, unfortunately, it's like, yeah, no, he's being undermined. He's like this nightlight kid, which, you know, because he's older. If he was younger, I could work with it. But he's older, and it, it just it doesn't right. fit for me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, I get it. Yeah. I totally get it. But, but... Uh, for the plot, a necessary character. It's very necessary. In that <laughs> but let's go on to the person who probably gets the least amount of screen time in both films. That's the oldest daughter. We have Dominique Dunn as Dana Freeling. And Saxon Charbino as Kendra Bowen. Now you want to talk about underserved characters and either film this is this is the one just the oldest daughter um she didn't really do much in the original like she was always like i'm going out yep. gonna hang out with my friends yep. even at the ending she's like i'm going out like the most action she really has in the movie is when some old creepy guys hit on her yeah we're doing some work building her pool yeah and then she flips them off and then she comes back at the end and she has a massive hickey on her neck that's yeah. about it yeah. And she knows where a motel is located. That, that's that was where, pretty funny. That's where she goes. <laughs> that was pretty funny. She doesn't really get terrified too much by the poltergeist, like herself. Like, right. She's just there experiencing when Caroline's missing, but she, nothing really bad happens but, to her. Right. And and even to to an extent, like, just kind of goes on doing her own thing. Right? Yeah. Like, like right. she has, like, a whole Kids side movie. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, there would be an interesting uh, movie of, like, what was she doing the whole time? <laughs> yeah, tell Poltergeist from her point of view. <laughs> yeah. My family's fucking crazy. Yeah, What's fucking happening? Your family. <laughs> Going out again. <laughs> you got a problem in the house? Leave. <laughs> like, it's working for me. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> she, uh, she, She's a fun character in, in that way, but, like, there are large sense of the movie where she's just like not there. Yeah. <laughs> so kind of funny enough, kind of works, you know. Like yeah. <laughs> when, at the big sort of ending moment, like she like literally just kind of rolls up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. they just got a shoehorn. <laughs> oh, don't forget about the oldest one. <laughs> she's like, what's happening? Hey, we got some poltergeist problems. Like, oh, <laughs> like, <laughs> daddy. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> get the fucking car later. <laughs> um, we'll get there. <laughs> 
Um, but a fun character in that sense that um, these sort of like moms that really probably shouldn't be in the movie. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, Definitely wouldn't work today. Her getting hit on by these no, that, guys that, building the pool. That wouldn't work. And I think like her lack of solidarity with the family. I don't know. Yeah. Like um, I think the remake smartly gives the older sister. Um, uh, she sticks around. Okay, yeah. Right. There you go. There's that. And uh, for Saxon's um, Charbino. Yeah, for Saxon Charbino's Kendra Bowen, we don't get a lot of um, fun moments of her. She's kind of a whiner, too. Like, her yeah. phone breaks and she complains. <laughs> and it, family full of complainers. Though. Yeah, just a bunch of whiners over there in the Bowen family. Um, but what she does get to do is she has this kind of nonsensical obsession with um, a medium on television which pays into which plays into the film um, other than that Saxon's the oldest daughter uh, yeah um, honestly because <laughs> you know Dominique Dunn was fine in the original but she was such a small character yeah. I would have been fine if the remake was like you know what two kids I, in the family I, yeah yeah <laughs> or, or like I honestly think that like it may have worked better for her to do what Dominic was on. Like, just go get in the teen trouble. Like, cause... I mean, she didn't cause trouble either. She was, no, like, no, she was just out. Yeah. yeah. But, you know, you're right. Like, if, if the character's so inconsequential, t- wouldn't it make more sense that, like, the son would be kind of, like, on YouTube watching, like, that type of yeah. character? Yeah, Like, I, I don't get the teen who's, like, calling her friend while watching, like, the Paranormal Mystery right. show. It's... I mean, there's kids like that out there. It just, I don't know, it seemed like a shoehorn. I just think she's, like, she was such a small character in the original. <laughs> I think you really could have just consolidated her, mm-hmm. just made her, give her some of the son's character, have the son be the one watching the show. And that way, once the daughter's gone, then that's your only kid now. Yeah. So yeah. it's, <laughs> the consequences are very dire um, if he goes yeah. at the end. So, like, let's... That's a great point. So, yeah, let's raise the stakes. <laughs> let's only have two kids. Yeah. So... And- I don't know. You know, in the, in the opening sequence of the film, the son um, in the remake is, instead of the TV, he's kind of like playing this like game on his tablet. Like, if he's playing with a screen there, maybe that's his thing. He's like, I got my tablet, I'm playing games or I'm watching this paranormal guy. Mm-hmm. Um, for it to be the daughter, just like, that doesn't make sense. Like, just, you should be on her phone and like, not in the movie as much. Or like you're saying, just not there. Yeah. <laughs> doesn't really bring anything to the table other than this just almost non-believable obsession with a uh, paranormal mystery show like I, it like doesn't it just didn't feel it felt flat yeah like they didn't really give her much more to do in this so I, I didn't, like I, that's why I think like you just didn't need her right um, ultimately at least like you know, Dominique Dunn's character is like, you know, yeah. her going out all the time. At least that's memorable. Like, I can't really remember anything Saxon did. No, I mean, she... Like, it actually did. Like, being a fan of a TV show isn't, like, something right. she did. Right. I, I mean, she uh, put her family to bankruptcy by getting, like, a new iPhone. Um, <laughs> and when, um, when she experienced, like, a paranormal moment, she goes on this, like, gibberish, like, rant. That was like, hey, slow. No one understands what you're saying. Um, that's it. Those are the two moments. She's kind of a jerk about her phone, and she, like, in a moment where she could like say what's going on, she's like, the kid's missing. 
it takes her so much time to like I don't know I think maybe it was supposed to be funny or something like that but I was just like why is this teen unable to express herself and I get it there's a poltergeist I get that but <laughs> I don't know like any other time in the movie she seems perfectly competent it's just it, it underserved like kind of unnecessary character huh. yeah um so I'm just gonna go with the original, just because she's funny she, sometimes. Yeah, she's funny sometimes. You know, <laughs> flipping off of the, <laughs> the yeah. guys at the pool. Yeah, that works for me. More memorable than anything the other character did in the remake. Yeah, that's for sure. All right, so that's the family. Um, we have a bunch of other characters to get to. Um, I just want to talk about the doctor, the one that they go to when they're after they lose the daughter. Mm -hmm. So in the original, we have Beatrice Strait as Doctor Martha Leash. <laughs> And Jane Adams is Dr. Brooke Powell. When was the last time you had contact with her before she was taken? So it's kind of like it's kind of tough for me to really kind of break into these characters, but like uh, Beatrice Strait, um, I'll say this that um, it because of the way the effects work in the movie. Like they come in and like it, it's full bore. There's yeah. no these poltergeists. Like we're not hiding. We are, <laughs> we are poltergeists. <laughs> Be just straight. Like we get a lot of reaction from her just being like, because you know they start. Yeah, we've seen some things move. Yeah. <laughs> uh, you know, fucking seven hours. <laughs> um, she's just like freaking out. She's like got her, her coffee cups. She's like, this, yeah. is, this is a lot. Um, I think I think that I do appreciate that element of the doctor in the uh original that they're kind of in over their head mm -hmm. <laughs> like almost immediately so like this expert comes in and is like whoa <laughs> like i don't know what to do um versus i felt that um let's see i felt that jane adams felt more like a specialist like they had more like the modern paranormal investigation gear, like all the heat stuff, like stuff you would see on, I don't know, I forget the channels, but like. Ghost Hunters. Yeah, ghost, yeah, exactly. So like they felt like more prepared ghost hunters versus like, I felt like the doctor in the original was a bit more reactionary because this is so outside of the scope of what they could ever believe. Yeah. What I like about um, Beatrice Straits doctor is that there's some like after all the crazy stuff initially mm -hmm. there is some like downtime where they're just like everybody's kind of sleeping and then she's just kind of just chatting with the mom yeah. you know just getting to know each other and then she you just there's like a bond that forms between the doctor and the mom yeah. and then like she eventually like like more stuff happens and then she has to leave because she's like I like you said out of her element I don't know what to do but don't worry like I promise I'm gonna come back like yep. there's a genuine um concern that she yes. has for the family she really cares about the mom and the family and about getting that little girl back like you i really got a good sense of that in yeah. the original film that's a great point don't really get that in the remake because you know gene adams like she doesn't have that downtime with the family where she yeah. could just like sit down and just talk with anybody in the family and they don't really have her bond with the mom or anybody else in the family because her connection is more with the, the spiritual medium right so right. they focus more on that relationship than the relationship with the family. So I prefer, you know, the connection with the family. Yeah. I, th I think it goes back to what we were saying about um, the youngest daughter. I'm sorry. Yeah. 
I think it goes back to what we were saying about Heather O'Rourke being such an innocent child. Like, everyone's playing off of that, right? So, like, the doctor's like, oh, my goodness. Like, this is horrible. It feels like that versus, like, Jane Adams is like, you know, kind of like, I'll see what I can do. <laughs> you know? Like, um, she's like, she's kind of in the sense, like, yeah, maybe, you know? Um, and then it didn't feel like, you know, if they don't save the kid or whatever, um, she's like, yeah, well, you know, interesting how... <laughs> you know, make field notes about this. But yeah, you're right. That that connection with the mom, and again, the fact that we focus on the mother daughter relationship mm-hmm. um, allows the doctor to come into that bond. Like maybe she's understanding because she has her own kids or whatever that is. She understands the sentiment. Everyone plays off of that. So when she seeks more help, um, it's out of like you're saying this genuine desire to solve this problem because she cares about these people now. Mm-hmm. Um, I felt like Jane Adams' team is there mostly to, uh, they're mostly there for like quips and, you know, kind of one-liners and stuff. Um, You know, I I don't know, like, they're they're almost antagonistic. Um, Not that Jane Adams does this, but one of her people literally says, like, so what what is this? Is it for the money? Like, what's going on? Like, um, like, you know, they're not bonding with the family. They're like skeptical of the family. It's a different dynamic. Yeah, it's just I like I like the heart. Yeah, <laughs> I like that heart I, I, connection. Yeah, so I'll uh, just I'll go for the doctor. I mean, small characters in pretty much both films, mm. but just you know, connecting with that family more, having that genuine concern for Carol Ann. I don't. Know, yeah, spoke to me more. Yeah, and like I like elements of Jane Adams, kind of like uh, when we talk about the medium and her, kind of like uh, you know, trying to like kind of pretty yourself up for for the medium but uh also who gives it you know we'll get into that character but who, who cares like <laughs> like um hey sorry there's a kid missing like we're where's our focus and i think right. you're right like that heart and that focus on the family plays better so the doctor is better in the original ultimately i don't know if you want to talk about the team maybe we could save that like they're not i think the team is yeah, well, I mean, there's like poltergeist activity we could talk about when we mm. talk about the team. Sure. Or the team. But let's get into our spiritual mediums. We have Zelda Rubenstein as Tangina Baron. And Jared Harris as Kerrigan Burke. First things first, your daughter is here and she's alive. Um. I want to start with Jared Harris, just because it's easier. He's the reality star. Yeah. Like we said before, he has this relationship with the doctor. They're, the, they're exes. They used to be married. So they have a good back and forth. Mm-hmm. And like, they have a nice little playful thing oh, yeah, yeah, going sure. there. But, but like it's like at this moment in the movie where I'm supposed to be concerned about right. the youngest daughter, right. but focusing more on this relationship between this doctor and this medium who were brought in <laughs> way right. later in the film. Right. Like, the only purpose for them to be there is to help save this kid. And we're sitting here like, yeah, that's my ex. You know? <laughs> yeah. uh, I used to be charming, you know? <laughs> yeah. And it's like, oh, I don't care. <laughs> like, maybe I care later. I don't care right now. Like, you're saying, like, hey, um, what's the plan? <laughs> you know? Like, these two, like, flirting and stuff like that just feels so inappropriate when there is a child being harassed by the... Uh, they're not the undead but like uh, you know people shuffling through this mortal coil into the afterlife it's like focus focus 
Um, I think I think he's one of the stronger characters, actually, um, Burke, um, in the film. I think that they wisely take a line from the original film and use it as, like, the hashtag, like, this house is clean. Like, right. I think yeah. that's one of the few times where the like a line from the original movie felt like not that they improved but like kind of like made sense and like yeah sort of worked well because they used it like it's like the tagline of a reality tv show right. so it, it comes across like it's cheesy in the show but like because they're like referencing it so it's right. not cheesy when the characters say it, right so because they're they're acknowledging how cheesy it is on the show so it's it works it, it really works yeah to the point where like, he doesn't even want to say it like this yeah. line he's like uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, the house is clean <laughs> um yeah, but he's he's an interesting character. I wasn't sure though, like about him at first. Like he's because he's a reality star, right? So mm-hmm. like, is he really gonna help them, or is he right. just kind of full of shit? Like, how much does he really deal with like all these spirituals things and specters? Like, how does he really know how right. to save the kid? Right. Like, or because uh, I just didn't get that reading from him because he did just come in like seem like cocky and like like oh, I used to bang her. Yeah, yeah, that was great. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then, you know, like, there's an open question because they're saying, this can't be on the show. So it's like, I was like, I don't even think you had to say it. It was just kind of like, start start solving, you know? Like, um, I, I wasn't at the time being like, is this guy going to, like, um, you know, exploit this family? I was like, I generally thought he was there to help. But, like, they did enter the question sort of like what you were saying. It was like, is this guy legit or is he just, like, some fake TV dude, you know? Yeah. Um, I don't know. He's He's got... A lot of um, charisma, you know, when it comes to, like, the flirting and stuff like that. He's confident about his ability to, um, you know, take on these poltergeists. He's got some cool backstories. One took my leg and, you know. Um, he, he's a very solid character, but, again, because he's such a late entry, there are things that they do with him. Like, he has, like, a bit of a heroic arc, too, mm-hmm. that, like... <laughs> you know like I, I find myself saying that with a lot of the characters in this film like alright like <laughs> good luck you know um, uh, you know so like for me like Jane Adams um, that her doctor character and like this Kerrigan Burke reality guy sure there's some interesting interplay between them but like it's irrelevant because they're they're not really foundational to the, they're not grounded yet as mm-hmm. characters so like any play amongst them is like inconsequential ultimately but uh it it's some of the more interesting things that happen so yeah. i'll give him that yeah, he's definitely one of the more interesting characters and i am able to like get on his side yeah. but like you said he's a late entry yes. <laughs> in the game so it's like uh it's, it's hard times to like to, to really get on board but ultimately I, I do get on board with Jim yeah. Harris's character I would say so and you know one other thing before going in because of uh, like I said it's a more modern paranormal experience they do have to kind of like get us up to speed on like some of the tech they're using and I, I think that like there are times where it, it's not super confusing like it's easy enough to follow but I think that uh, you got like these two teams like you got the actual spiritual medium uh, Kerrigan Burke you have the doctor so like it, there's a lot going on <laughs> getting up mm-hmm. into that closet area that needs to happen in the film and I think that that can get a little muddy and I think that part of the problem is he is such a late entry uh, I, I in the original 
Zelda Rubenstein is a late entry, but boy, did she make an entry. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that, I mean, Zelda Rubenstein, you see, that's why I was like, I wasn't sure about Jared Harris, because like, you know, he pretty much just played like this cool guy, this cool reality yeah. TV star, yeah. but like, Zelda Rubenstein, it's like, yeah, that's, that's a medium. <laughs> I'm not doubting anything, like, just like, you know, her voice, she has one of those voices that's like, instantly recognizable, yeah. it's just like, it was perfect for this yeah, role. Yeah, she really was perfect. I mean, because she comes in, she's so, like, she's short as hell, she's got the, I can't even do the voice, like, it's so unique. Um, yeah. But like, you know, there's instant skepticism from, uh, was it, uh, Craig, Nelson's character, like, he's like, mm, like, are you sure? And she's like, well, if she's a psychic or something, she can hear me telepathic. She's like, and she has that line from upstairs. Like, yeah, I hear you. I just don't want, I'm like, uh, like, a trap question or whatever her line was, but it's like, oh yeah, she's legit. Like, yeah. she can hear your thoughts. <laughs> like, like, <laughs> uh, gives her instant credibility in the situation because the doctors, uh, like we mentioned, really have no solution for this right. at all. Um, Bring the medium in, like, uh, Kerrigan felt okay in the remake, like, a little extra firepower. But, like, um, you know, you need Tangina Barons for this, because no one else knows what's going right. on. <laughs> yeah, so that really just, like, elevates her status. Like, yeah. she, like, they went to who they thought was the best, and then the best went to the best. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> As opposed to, like, the, the remake, where it's like, well, we just, we, we call on this guy. He's our closer, just in case we can't <laughs> yeah. seal the deal. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So, you know, going back, like, I wasn't trying that hard yet. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, there's a missing child. <laughs> but, man, she is yeah. just dynamite in yeah. this movie. Man. She's just so eerie, the way she talks. It's, it's that voice, man. It, she, it just, it's perfect for this it, role. It's perfect in commanding, because, like, she is directly, you, you're over here, you're over here, mm -hmm. um, stay out of the way, and she, she brings, again, the mother character into the fold, she's like, mm -hmm. you have the biggest connection, which has been proven time and time again in the movie, right? right. So it's like, um, we know she has the biggest connection because she talks to the doctor, we know the mother has the biggest connection. We need the mother to do her role in trying to get her daughter back. Um, and you have to trust her, she's like, there's that line, she's like, you may have to do things that uh, as a Christian, <laughs> you like, uh, would never dream of, stuff like that. Like, she just has these commanding lines that she has them uh, I don't know. She's just a very powerful character that, in such a short amount of time, just like steals the fucking movie, man. Yeah. She's awesome, dude. And then she's also like, she has like this one part where like she's like, don't walk into the light, and then she's like, walk into yeah, the light, and then Crazy Nelson's like, what, what are you talking about? Like, don't walk into the light. You're not bad here. <laughs> so it's like, yeah, it's like whose side is she on? Yeah. So it's like, you know, she's got this very childlike voice, but. It, Getting pretty dark at yeah. times. Yeah, it's just such a um, like I don't know, like she, she feels otherworldly in this mm -hmm. role. Like, where does this woman come from? She just sweeps in with all this <laughs> knowledge and like sort of magic, and uh, she is so like just different. Like, like you said, the voice, the height, yeah. and, and like, but just in complete control of the situation, and just like raises the stakes, brings the solution. Like, there's just so much that this character does in, like, this short amount of time. And I'm like, wow. Uh, I, I'm... The casting choice is phenomenal. Yeah. Like, I've never seen someone do that so quickly in a movie. Yeah. That's why, yeah, 
credibility, like she has the powers, but just mm -hmm. like just her whole manner, the way she yeah. talks, the way she handles her stuff, it's like it's so much easier to believe that yeah. this is a spiritual medium yeah. as opposed to Jared Harris's character. You know, yeah. fine job, yeah, right. but you compare it to Zelda. <laughs> I mean, that, that's the problem, right? Like, because uh, like I'm sitting there, I'm like, how do they match this? And you know, let's right. not try. <laughs> smart call, actually. Like, yeah, uh, no, you're not. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, uh, maybe you get like a Helen Helena Bonham Carter or something like that in there, but I think that would have been cheesy. Yeah, I, I think Jared Harris actually. Yeah, was a smart choice. Oh, definitely, because you you can't go one to one with no, that. It's, no, it's you, not going to work. So yeah, going the route of the reality TV star, I actually really like that yeah. because there are so many reality TV shows based about ghosts. So it's like, I was a little upset when like they brought in. They kind of went the same route as the original because they like brought in that the team of the mm -hmm. team. I was like, why are they doing that? They should have just gotten some reality TV guy. And, yeah. oh, and then they brought him in. I was like, oh, yeah. smart move. Okay, yeah. so it was definitely a good choice to go in a different direction. But, yeah, but that original performance from Zelda, oof, man. It, yeah, no, it's it's phenomenal. Like you know, like I always say, like I'm not really a horror film guy, but like um, I don't know, like like I said, just the performance really just pulls together this this portion of the film this like in-game uh part of the film and i i can't imagine anyone else playing this role i can't i'm at i i don't know what this movie looks like without zelda's uh character at the end it, it's just such a a standout performance yeah yeah star making role for sure those are pretty much all the characters want to talk about um i mean well there's one other character the poltergeist itself yes. i guess and uh there's a lot of similarities in both films so maybe mm -hmm. we can just do some verses here and sure. talk one to one so the first thing i want to talk about is the tvs because mm -hmm. that's that's our that's like our opening shot in the original film right. Right? right and so we got the static tvs versus the i'm just gonna say glitching out tvs yeah. in the yeah. remake now the thing that I love about the original Poltergeist is like it, the way they just make it seem like you know your ordinary house, like anything in your ordinary house, can like be terrible for you. Like yeah. this is gonna be haunted. There's gonna be a ghost here. Just take an everyday thing like static TVs. I don't know if our audience remembers the old static TVs, but <laughs> yeah. I sure remember having static on my TV back in the day. And just to use that and say like you know what, that's not just static. Um, there might be a ghost or an apparition mm -hmm. in there, mm -hmm. and they're just fucking with you. So it's like man, like this thing that I never paid attention to and just right you know putting that dark twist on it I really it, appreciate that it's because it was sort of a current uh, excuse me because it was sort of a common thing with televisions like mm -hmm. you may turn the channel and there may be static like it's based in like a common experience right so saying that like in that space between the channels the the paranormal can reach you it instantly like you know makes you look at your tv like, oh. yeah <laughs> it's like could i get sucked into <laughs> my closet you know like um uh it's taking this like this extraordinary scenario and like making it feel like yeah this could happen to you yeah um yeah that, that to me is better than a tv that's kind of messed up right because nobody's tv does that no no you don't experience that every day as opposed to back in the day when you, yeah. like you said you just change the channel you'll see some static yeah the channels like if, if your tv does that today you're just getting a new tv basically <laughs> you know 
And if you're having money problems, it may be kind of tough. Um, but it's not an everyday occurrence. You're not going to see your TV glitch out every time you turn it on, every yeah. time you turn it off. But you would see static all the time yeah, back yeah. in the day. And I mean, like, I think that that's why that sort of opening and that running theme throughout the movie is so sort of iconic and mm-hmm. referenced because, yeah, people people know about static TV. Mm-hmm. And it, 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 it just works so well. And what a smart choice to make that the opening yeah. of the, the movie. like um, Because, like we said, when you're first watching the film, you watch the first 30 minutes of this movie, I can tell you, you're watching a comedy. And you'll, yeah, that, that tracks. Uh, but having the TV do that in the beginning, um, it's a foreshadowing mm-hmm. that comes back into play in a really great way. So it's, it's a much better plot point. Yeah. I actually thought they were going to do something with the tablet or something with the kids like maybe they get sucked in because like we're internet or right. social media thing no. <laughs> no he was just playing a zombie game um. yeah that's what I was a little disappointed that the remake couldn't figure out like just like a more like modern update to that instead of just we'll just do the TV again like maybe there's like I, I hate like rewriting things on the fly but maybe there's a mysterious app that shows up on your phone or something like that maybe I don't know. Yeah. New, just, new streaming service does something different. You know, just a thought. <laughs> yeah, it just, I don't know. It's just the static TV was just such a clever way to use something that people experienced every day. And I feel like they kind of missed something by not doing that. In yeah. The remake. Yeah. Uh, totally miss Mr. Mark because, uh, again, like the, the TV being messed up in the remake is literally just checking a box at that point because it doesn't right. have the same mm-hmm. impact. Yeah, I mean, people use other devices all the time. So yeah. it's, they don't just use TVs. Some people just don't use TVs at all. They just use their I, tablets and stuff. I I really thought because they use the tablet in the open sequence, I thought that they would do something there. And I think that actually in a modern telling of the story mm-hmm. makes a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, but yeah, left that on the table. Yeah. Um, so let's go to another phenomenon and uh this is what this is one i really like because um, it's just so simple and just really effective just the, the stacked chairs versus the stacked comics mm-hmm. and i just love the way it's done in the original film right the mom's complaining like nobody puts the chairs in the table anymore and then the camera just follows her going back into the kitchen and then it follows her going back to the dining area and then the stair the chairs are just stacked yeah and it's just like what the fuck just happened yeah. it's such a simple but incredibly effective just way of just letting you know <laughs> something's not right right it's like just like, how the fuck did those chairs get stacked so right. fucking quickly it's it's a really cool effect and i am so disappointed <laughs> that the remake just did cgi comics instead of like you know if you want to do comics there's a way that you can glue comics and just like have them and then like there wasn't it weren't real comics and it wasn't like one shot right either no no and the other side of it is uh again Things that are, just because they're similar doesn't make them the same narratively. So the mom experiencing that matters, right? Like she's she's experiencing this paranormal activity. It's important for her to get on board with that. At this point in the movie, we know the kid believes this paranormal activity. The mom told him to move the comic books or something like that, but she doesn't see this. So like when the comics fall, the only one that knows about it is the kid. And basically, now the kid just has to, like, clean up. So, like, mm-hmm. nothing has furthered in the plot. 
versus like the stack chairs actually <laughs> matters because the mom's like, okay, I can't explain this. Mm-hmm. For a kid that already has seen a n- myriad of occult, or not occult, but a, a myriad of paranormal things already, what's the, what are stack comics? Yeah. Who, who does that inform um, that this is ramped up? The, the kid, he he's already on 10 already. It, it, it's, it's not the same. And I, you're right. I think by not having it as a practical effect, that's pretty weak, too. Yeah. I, you, you could easily do it. If they were able to do it in the 80s, I don't see why you couldn't do it in 2015. Right. And, like, just a nice one long shot, follow the kid into the room, and then, like, have the camera go behind him. He goes out, and then just bam, just like a stack full of comics. Yeah. You could easily do that. And I just hate the laziness of, like, it was just CGI. It. Yeah. Just, I don't know. It's, it's just not as effective. Cause especially when you know, like, like, what they did in the original film, just like those stacked chairs just come out of fucking nowhere and it's like, what? That's so cool. And, you know, correct me if I'm wrong here, um, in terms of sequences, that scene, when like, the hallway kind of extends mm-hmm. in the original movie, mm-hmm. um, since we're talking about effects, I don't, like, I'm sure there's a very easy explanation of like how they got that scene, but like, I don't know how they did that. I don't know, like, I, you know, I'm not that smart of a man, right? Like, I, I was just like, wow, that, that's so cool because it feels like one shot and, like, the hallway just gets yeah. long as hell. And I don't think they even have the equivalent in the remake. No, I don't have anything like that. Well, I, th- I think that's, like, a, a trick that Steven Spielberg likes doing because, like, th- there's a shot like that in Jaws mm-hmm. where it just feels like everything's just, like, getting stretched out. So there's, there's some type of camera technique. Yeah. And, like, I get not doing that because it's been done in, like, a few films before, so it's, like, to recreate that, which would yeah. be, like, well, we're just doing it again because they did. So I, I was okay with that. That's fair. Fact. But, but I, like, to your point, though, like, maybe they could have done something a little different. So, like, right. Instead of doing, like, the same camera trick, like, well, we got CGI, like, I know I was complaining about it, but maybe let's do something where, yeah. where the room does seem like it's just getting further away. Yeah, I, I think that... Um you know, as we talk about some more of these effects, they're like, there, you know, there is something to seeing, I know we talk about a lot, uh, practical effect. There's something to seeing work put into a set piece and knowing we're like, oh, they had to actually do that. Mm-hmm. Um, versus CGI, like, CGI, obviously it works and, I mean, we use it so much, but like, this original film does so much, like we said, tricks with the camera, tricks with, um, with uh, some of the set design and the stack chairs, like it, it feels like I don't, I don't know. Not I don't want to shit on CGI, but it's like it feels like there's a craftsmanship and artistry to the film that I think elevated that that film as well. It's just for me, it's just harder for me to get scared at things that like oh, it's clearly fake. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> I know it's all fake, but for some reason, I just it's like oh, it's computer generated. It's not really happening. So yeah, it's just. It doesn't work for me, but yeah, what are you going to do? Yeah, Let's yeah. move on to another one. Tree versus tree. Mm. So you have the old creepy dead tree with like a face in it. Yeah. And the original. And yeah. then we have our handsy tree in yeah. the remakes, I guess. This is one I'll actually give to the remake. Okay. Because I thought that tree looked so fucking dumb in the original. Yeah. Yeah. It clearly didn't look like a tree. It, it just looked like plastic to me. Yeah. I know I'm uh, commending it for like, you know, practical effects, but like, Ooh, this is one that yeah, did not yeah. age well for me. That's fair. That's fair. Um, yeah, I'll give you that. I think um, the way the kid gets pulled out 
in the original feels I don't know like I, I think I like the look of that aesthetic more than mm-hmm. like uh, in the yeah. remake the way I think part of it is because you know, it's these these small choices part of it is like the family's in the house when it happens hmm. so like we're seeing it from like inside the house as he's getting pulled out versus like yeah we see him inside the house but like by the time anyone else sees it he's outside the house and he's kind of dangling and like again it the tree looks much better um, in the remake and this is nitpicking, really, but uh, I don't know. I didn't. I don't know. It just didn't. That portion, like him leaving the house, I enjoyed more in the original. But I think yeah. overall, I think the remake um, did a perfectly fine job of that scene. Yeah, I thought it was cool how the tree crashed into the window, and then like you're just like, oh, it, that was freaking freaky, and then all of a sudden you just see it pulling him, and you're like, yeah. oh wow, okay, yeah. so we're taking it to the next level. And uh, so that I did like. Mm-hmm. Uh, and everything else about the tree, I didn't like. I didn't like the way it looked. I didn't understand why he's just like, this is a creepy tree, but he was climbing it earlier. Yeah. So it's like, yeah. why are you climbing a creepy tree? And then, like, when he was eating him. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that was. I mean, okay, yeah, that was I like bad. practical effects, but that one just. Yeah, that was pretty little, bad. That was yeah. Pretty just bad. cheesy. So I'm happy the remake didn't have the tree eating yeah. him. And, you know, the tree just looked better it, it did look a little cheesy when the branches were chasing him in the house mm-hmm. uh, like mm-hmm. in the hallway and everything yeah. like that i was just like all right, all right. i feel like they should have just should have just crashed in and took him instead of like having this kind of chase scene yeah in the remake but ultimately because they didn't it didn't look as bad and because they didn't eat him i'm gonna go with what the tree did in the remake yeah i think i think that's good i think that's the right call and also um I don't blame that tree. The way Sam Rockwell threw that baseball so poorly, I, I you know, I, I, don't, I don't mind the tree uh, trying to eat the family. <laughs> that, that was a bad throw. Um, Wait, did you see the theatrical cut or standard cut? I don't know. Um, was was there not a baseball? Thing? I didn't see a baseball. Oh, yeah, whatever. Don't worry about it. <laughs> just cut that out. All right, because like I, I just saw a theatrical. I saw there was a theatrical, and then the extended cuts like ten minutes more. Probably watch the extended cut. Because I yeah, I was looking at the, I looked it up online. Like what what was I missing? Like maybe yeah. it's, maybe there's some good stuff in here. I was like, yeah. there's a baseball thing that was cut. Yeah, so. he, I mean it's, it's so irrelevant. Like yeah, he like they just moved in. He hands the kid a glove, and he's like, hey, we're gonna play catch. Yeah. And Sam Rockwell just lobs the ball. Nowhere near the kid that goes into the tree. And then, I mean, I don't know why that was relevant, but yeah, yeah that was that was the extended cut. Interesting. Yeah. 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 I, I don't know what else would have changed, but yeah, I saw the extended then. Okay. <laughs> All right. All right. All right. Moving on. Uh, clown versus clown. Uh, creepy clowns. I'm, I'm kind of leaning towards a remake here, man. I I think the clown design was better. I think seeing the interior of the clown. Um, after a clown fight or whatever, I think it was better. Um, but that one in the original was super creepy. Yeah, it was super, it was super, super creepy. creepy. Hell. I, what I like about the one in the remake is like, you know, you're, that, that nose. That was yeah. such a good addition. Yeah, just to have that nose on the string and then you're just following it. And it, it really does suck you in. It's like, where's it going? Like, yeah. Where yeah. are we going here? Yeah. And then the way, like, it's so slow. And then, like, when it's, like, close enough to the face, it just, like, it just snaps so yeah. fast. So yeah. that, that was really good design That was for the clown. That was uh, definitely in the improvement yes, department. I, for sure. I was very much, like you said, just the way they use the clown with the extended nose. I was like, yeah, it's, it's very smart stuff. Yeah, like, especially, like, when he's, like, 
just following it. It's like it's like going around his leg, and it's like, oh man, yeah. where is this clown? <laughs> you just want to know where the clown is, and you know, like I could just f follow the string, but like I, I gotta follow the red nose. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so uh, just really well designed. Yeah, still creepy in the original film, um, but then like, so it's like the creepy clown smile. But then when it goes to like the evil clown, yeah. it's like that's a little cheesy a little and that didn't age well. And it's like, if this kid doesn't like the clown, why is the clown in the I, house at all? Like he keeps waking up and throwing blankets over it every goddamn night. It's, it's confusing as hell. And um, I, the one thing in the remake, which is interesting, like they just left a box of like clowns in the house. That's creepy. That's that creepy. creepy. I mean, what, I just bought a house. I found a... Uh, one of those heads, uh, uh, you know, for hair. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, people leave weird shit in the house, so yeah. I'll, I'll allow uh, that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> All right. yeah that, that would freak me out. That, that would have to go. <laughs> yeah, well, that went right away. <laughs> um, so, yeah, the clown, but <laughs> just going a little off topic, but every time I think of the clown, I just think of Scary Movie too. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> 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 yeah, that, that one's not for kids. <laughs> So, um, I'm glad to see, like, it didn't, they didn't try to do exactly what they did in the original, like, have the clown take him under the bed, because then I just well, I thought the kid was fucking it, just yeah. like it's movie, too. <laughs> I hear you, man. I, I remember that scene. <laughs> oh, man, when the clown, yeah. Right, we'll stay with you. That's a, yeah, it's a hell of a scene. <laughs> so, yeah, but, so, good on the remake. Uh, yeah. Creepy clowns, clowns clown. creepy. Great. Great update. Tree, you got it. Clown, you got it. Job, we'll work on that. <laughs> <laughs> Alright, so the next one I want to talk about is kind of um, one of the teammates of the scientists. Is like um, In the original, we have the scientist he's eating, mm. and the food, and all of a sudden there's, the, the steak starts moving. So that's, talk about good yeah. practical effects. Yeah. How did they get that steak to move? That was awesome. That was I'm cool. like looking for like you know, like an opening in the in the table, just trying to see if like, okay, so there's like a track that the steak's on. Like, yeah. how are they making yeah. the steak move like a worm, man? That was, that was that's an that effect was pretty cool. that, that's still really good today. And then just the maggots on the chicken was just like, oh man, I'm happy I don't eat meat because yeah. that's so <laughs> freaking gross, man. Uh, so that was, those were great. But then there's the scene right after that, he goes into the bathroom and then he just starts ripping his face off. That, that, was, one, that was one of the worst. <laughs> that didn't age as well. Because I was like, all right, I, I get what they're doing. They're doing, you know, the old practical. We're going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Eh, no, it was bad. It was. Yeah, because, like, you could clearly tell when it's the actor, and then clearly tell when it's just, like, it a wax. So obvious. Fit. Yeah. So that didn't age well. And it just, it was weird scene in general. Yeah. Like, ripping off your own face. Especially after seeing, like, Robocop, for instance, where, like, really good practical effects like that. It's, that was a little rough. And. You're right. Um, didn't really matter. Yeah, I mean, it's just to mess with the team. Mm -hmm. I mean, there's there's the same thing happening in the remake. Um, this one I thought was, was pretty, pretty good too. Yeah. yeah, like so the guy has to put in like this heat or detector or just like a thermostat, I guess. I don't know, but uh, he puts it in the wall and he puts a hole in the wall, and then <laughs> um, everything gets sucked into the wall you're like shit so what does he do let me just reach into the wall blindly yeah. this, this will end well and then like obviously he thinks he's got it and then he gets pulled and he can't get his arm out and then all of a sudden that drill that he lost just starts coming through the wall and that was just like yeah okay this yeah. is pretty good this is a lot better than ripping your face off it was a lot better in like 
I had no idea what was gonna happen. Cause yeah. you see the drill, it's getting closer. Yeah, it's getting closer. And then, like, he was screaming louder and louder every time the drill got closer. So I was like, I was really like, "Oh man, how yeah. is, how is this gonna end?" And like, it was cool because like you know the face ripping scene was like, I'm ripping my face now. It's just my face. Yeah. Like you you think that all this happened and then like there's no hole in the closet after mm-hmm. this. Yeah. Oh wow. It, again, that was a, another improvement in yeah. terms of effect. Yeah, because they didn't do exactly what they did in the original, which I'm glad, and then they yep. did something else, and which was pretty terrifying. Yeah. Like, I would not want to be in that situation with random drill coming through the wall closer and closer to my face. Yeah, I'll say that, like, based off of kind of, like, what we're talking about with these, uh, these poltergeists, they definitely seemed overall more dangerous in the remake, you know? Mm-hmm. Um, stuff like that, like, you know, there was moving stakes and face peeling and stuff like that, but, like, Holding your arm in a wall while a drill is getting closer and closer to your face. These poltergeists are messed up in the <laughs> yeah, remake. Right. Real messed up. So that was really good in the remake. Uh, I don't know if there was any other phenomenon um, in the movies. I just want to maybe compare the closets a little bit. Yeah. So <laughs> let's start with the original. Again, going back to practical effects, you know, it's 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 cool like to see like all the the stuff gets sucked into the closet. Like, yeah. I thought that was a cool was effect. Cool. Yeah. yeah. But then later, at the end of the movie, when it's, like, alive, and then it's, like, a living organism, and then it's... it's, yeah, it's kind of creepy. And then you see, like, the tentacles coming out. It's, like, it's kind of like a Sarlacc pit. Yeah. Return yeah, of the is. Jedi. It is. <laughs> Actually came out before Return of the Jedi, so maybe... Mm-hmm. <laughs> maybe. Mm-hmm. But, um, yeah, I thought it was... I liked it better when... Before it became, like, yeah, a living I, thing. I thought so, too. I thought that, um... That kind of, like, that bluish whipsaw, like, lightning effect. I thought that was cool, like you said, when things were getting sucked in. Yeah, that, towards the end, I, I, yeah, that, that did resonate with me either, just, like, this sort of, like, pulsing yeah. organ-type deal. Uh, yeah, at, at that point, I was kind of, like, checked out. Because so much had already happened since then. Yeah. That at that point, I, I felt a little, like, overkill. Yeah. yeah. It's like, we don't we don't need this. We, yeah. we get it. Right. <laughs> the house is a little fucked up. Yeah. <laughs> we don't need to see how... All this shit happened. We've been now. I'm rewriting the original. It would have been cool, like maybe like just like the door frame, like just manipulated shape, but like it didn't change into like a living organism. Yeah. Just to see like the house, like it can manipulate itself like at its own will. Like I thought that would have been better than because it just didn't age well. No, no, it didn't. It didn't <laughs> age well, and uh, it you know because we had seen so much of closet before, it wasn't like consistent either. Yeah. Like that. Yeah, just this like big hole into like the stomach of the house it's, yeah it was yeah it was alright <laughs> yeah in the remake I think um, this is one few times where, like the CGI I think was actually helpful with the closet like um this the fact that you could do a lot more with that space yeah um, it just kind of made it this like almost infinite space yeah well, I it's, thought that was actually interesting yeah let's just, let's just do that I'm glad they didn't make it like a living monster mm-hmm. type thing mm-hmm. and they just they just made it pretty much black space yeah that you know your imagination let your imagination fill in the gaps and that's usually pretty effective yeah, and it was cool how it like developed it kind of started just like in the dark void and it became more and more space like and that, that was one of the few times where i was like okay i think i think this was a smart choice i, I think this is an interesting visual mm-hmm. um yeah i thought that worked really well compared to the star like that. <laughs> yeah. 
Um, so the only other thing, well, never mind. All right, so we also have our bones. We got a lot of bones mm. in both of these movies. Yeah. So apparently there are real skeletons really? in the original film. Why? That's, <laughs> that's, that's, what, that's what I've heard, and then they didn't tell Joe Beth Williams until after she filmed her scenes. That's right. what right. I heard. I didn't actually research right. that, so right. I don't know if it's true or not. But yeah, so we've got real bones, you know, coming out of the swimming yeah. pool and coming out of <laughs> coffins. and. I, <laughs> I thought that... You know, like the first time, first couple times, like, all right, cool. You know, <laughs> like little coffins and these bums. It started getting absurd. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, after like the sixth time, I'm like, there? <laughs> the coffin there, too? <laughs> but like, it was it was a cool effect at first that I think they uh, ended up overusing. Um, still, I think that certainly should be in the film because I really did. It kind of tied everything together. It's like, yeah, they buried. Yeah. They didn't they move the headstones mm. for that to right. <laughs> Here you are seeing it. But um, after a while, like, I think it was an overused uh, sort of, I guess, prop. I can see that. Yeah. yeah. I thought it wasn't too bad. It mm. definitely, yeah, maybe a little overused. Maybe, maybe like one or two too many. <laughs> no, not, nothing crazy, but uh, I was like, all right, one more. Really? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but it's, it's still, like, the effect of, like, um, I guess these coffins just coming out through the ground. I thought like that still just like, looked yeah, really well. It did. Um, it was definitely believable. But then like you know the coffins coming up is cool. I think maybe they should have just kept it as coffins because like when it opened up and you saw the bones, it it just looked cheesy <laughs> to see the bones. Yeah. Uh, so well, I, I love the coffin rising, uh, opening up, and having the skeletons go. Ah! <laughs> <laughs> so cheesy. Yeah. But I get it. Yeah. You gotta do yeah. that. And I'm sure it was scary in the 80s. Uh, no, right? for sure, for sure. I guess that's probably what I'm getting at, is I think, like, okay, yes, here it is, but then, like, the extra... Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm like, okay, we got another one of these. Like, <laughs> um, then, and we don't have that moment at all in the remake. Instead, we have... We get to see the other side. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And what it is, it's, it's all bones. Yeah. <laughs> it's all bones. Them bones are house. That's yeah. that's what the house is made of. It's made of bones. Made of bones. <laughs> so, oh my god, that dog. <laughs> um, yeah, so, again, CG, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I get it. You can't right. make a bone house. <laughs> no, you can't. And it, it, you can't. It's going to look bad no matter what, I think. So, um, it was, I was okay with it. The bone house. Yeah. I don't know how else to describe it, but yeah, it's just it's CG bone house. That's, <laughs> <laughs> that's, I, that's how you're gonna feel about it. it. Sounds like a recording artist. CG <laughs> bone house. A bluesman. Um, <laughs> yeah, I mean, it, like you know, it was fine. Yeah, exactly. It was fine. I didn't really think it was scary. Um, and they kept it very dark, so yeah. you couldn't see it. I think that's I better. That. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the less I see, the, the less I can judge. And I appreciate see how cheesy that. it looks, but I don't know. I, yeah, I like the practical effects a little uh, better. Yeah, you know, like, it, we said it's also cheesy as well, but like just the effect of like, the coffins rising through the ground. Yeah. I thought that's really effective. Like, like I said, I think it was most effective in the pool, right? As these things coming up through mm-hmm. the pool. I was like, whoa, that that's crazy. As it got on, uh, less effective, but overall still really good effect. And um, yeah, I prefer that to a CGI house. But uh, you know, like I said, me saying it's overused, that's really my opinion. Maybe someone else was like, no, they used just enough. Mm. <laughs> um, 
it, it was a good effect yeah. in the original. Yeah. CG Bonehouse. <laughs> CG Bonehouse just, uh, yeah, like you say, it's fine. It works for the story, but uh, it just, you know, I, I get it. CG Bonehouse. I'm not going to get scared of CG Bonehouse. Right. <laughs> Can I say CG Bonehouse Morehouse? This is great. <laughs> Hashtag Morehouse. CG Bonehouse. Morehouse, more bone. <laughs> uh, all right, and then the last thing I want to talk about with the Poltergeist is just how we, get, we lose the houses, and that's house imploding to a portal versus... Mm -hmm. House exploding, pretty much. I mean, you can't beat imploding house. I was going to say, imploding is obviously the better choice. It's so cool. Yeah. Like, I, I'm still like, how did they do that? Yeah. That's so cool. That's it, a really cool effect. Really there's, there's no CG house there. Yeah. That's all it, practical. And they have, like, um, sort of our villain in the that sequence. Yeah. So, like, he's in front of it. So, like, you, you know it's not... I mean, it might be a model. But, like, if it looks super real because you put a guy there. You there know? you go, yeah. It, um, and I think it fits this narrative more, right? Like mm -hmm. uh, this sort of going back into this dimension or whatever this is. Um, it's, it's better narratively as well to have the house implode. And yeah. like I said, it was a cool effect. Exploding house, I mean, anyone can blow up a house. Yeah, houses explode all the time yeah. in movies. Yeah. Yeah, it's just <laughs> how many times have you seen a house implode into a portal? Correct. Not too Correct. often. But I get it. Like, again, it's like... We can't do the same thing, but just to make it explode yeah. seems like well, let's just do the opposite, which, which has been done before. Right. It, it does seem right. a little lazy. They could have done something, something. I mean, I, I mean, you could. Uh, this is goofy as hell. You could levitate, spin it, throw it in a portal. You know, I don't know. Like, uh, I don't know. It's hard to beat implosion. I think. Uh, I know you're not trying to do the same thing, but this might be one of those times where like. The same thing, maybe like ramp it up a little bit for the modern audience. Yeah, like because maybe like you know how it was like a slow kind of sucking itself, and maybe just like have it like be more jarring, like yeah, <laughs> yeah. That's my effects. <laughs> that's what implosion sounds like, kids. That's, that's, that's my idea for the implosion. So it's going on out there. Yeah, so house imploding. Yeah, just... I mean, the implosion, like the little spirit release. I mean, it's, it's yeah, it's better. It's cool. Better. All right. Is there any other like? Uh, Poltergeist things, or just like effects in general, you want to talk about with any film? Um. Okay. Actually, before before we go over the endings, there's something that happens before like each respective ending that I think we should talk about, and that's who saves the young daughter. So in the original film, it's the mom that has right. to go back to save Carol Ann. In the remake, it's Griffin who goes back to save right. Maddie. So, we, we talked about this already. They did a lot to establish the relationship between the mother and daughter mm. in that original film. What do you think about the choice to put in Griffin? So, the mother, I mean, based off everything we saw in the original film, makes a lot of sense, right? right. Um, super connected. Um, it's reinforced throughout the film. Um, Griffin, they're saying what his motivation is. They're saying why he feels like... he. Again, this, I think that this uh, poltergeist scenario has nothing to do with this kid, right? Like, mm -hmm. he's warning everybody. He's given them ample opportunity to do something about this. And he blames himself because like, he should have been there when she got taken. Like, he keeps saying that. It's like, oh, you know, but I should... he was in the tree. How would you yeah, do I that? I should have never have left. It's like, well, what was your choice, you know? <laughs> yeah. So, right. It, that's a great point, actually. But because... He has this, like, flimsy sort of motivation, like, this idea of, like, I feel bad because I left my sister. 
I was like, no, you've been getting terrorized by poltergeists for um, the entire film. I, I didn't understand it. I didn't understand why he felt the need to to be the one to go in there. It didn't feel... It, it wasn't... I think what they were going for, it definitely didn't land. Mm-hmm. And you actually were taken away from things like in the original. Um, there's a debate between Craig T. Nelson and, um, and uh, the mom about who's going in. Mm-hmm. And, you know, there's an opportunity for Craig T. Nelson to be simultaneously heroic. He's like, no, you're strong enough to hold the rope. So, like, and he's fighting with Zelda Rubenstein, something we talked about a little bit mm-hmm. throughout. They're like, don't walk into the light. Like, other characters are getting play here. Mm-hmm. This kid just, like, runs upstairs. Like, there's no debate. There's no dialogue. No one else has the opportunity to, to do this. He just runs upstairs, and it, it's, it just, it's not the same. Yeah, it's it's not the same. And again, it kind of comes out of nowhere because yeah. they really did a good job of establishing the relationship between Carol Ann and her mother. That's fair. You, I know they've put more focus on Maddie and Griffin, but like I never really got that, like, I'm the protective big brother. Like, I got to make sure you're safe. Yeah. Like, I'm going to always make sure nothing bad happens to you. Like, if they built that relationship a little bit stronger, like, if maybe he, like, saved her because, like, something was falling and it would have hurt her and he just like, I'm, I'm always going to be here to protect you. I mean, you know, something small like right. that. Establish that relationship early that he's a protective brother. He's always going to look out for her and he wasn't there this one moment so he felt like it was his responsibility because I, I made a promise to her and I let her down. Like, you could have easily yeah. just built that relationship and made it a lot stronger. It really just felt shoehorned in the way they did it because it was I wasn't expecting him to do it. Like, you know, it's scared Griffin. It's just going to be annoying and scared the whole time and to have this sudden turn just felt a little forced. Yeah, and it, it wasn't like, yeah, sure, it's a brave thing, but I, I don't think it really, it didn't feel like a turn to me, right? It didn't feel like, now he's brave. It's just like, that was like an irrational thing to do. It was heroic um, in some sense, but it was also pretty foolish. Like, um, there were probably other people that could have handled that responsibility better. Uh, Jared Harrison comes to mind. <laughs> um, yeah, I just think that it's it's strange because, like you're saying, had they established that type of character, but they didn't. They made a character who was afraid of everything. <laughs> so he didn't get a chance to be like this, you know, big right. brother, protector thing until this one moment in the film. Like, yeah. it, it just, I, I didn't get it. Yeah. Plus, I had this trouble too. Like, so Griffin runs upstairs. Mm-hmm. The parents both run upstairs. They see him go in. None of them go after him. No. They, see, they did it well in the original like you have to stay down here because we need someone to hold the rope right none of them were told you can't go in because we're going to need you to hold the rope yeah right. they could have easily just went in if they were a parent that really gave a shit about their kid they would have just ran in but, yeah thinking at, at this point yeah, there is a third kid but uh <laughs> both your kids are in this portal um wait wait what you're going to be the guys yeah well you know there's a moment there, you're going to be, what, at the bar? Like, and I could have, you know, walked in there, but we're kind of scared, you know? <laughs> And we have one more kid anyway. Yeah, you know, She's almost out of college. I don't have to worry about, you know, more college debt. So, yeah, no, it made them seem like, I don't know, cowardly? Maybe? I, yeah. I don't know. Just like, why Why didn't they run after it? Like, do they yeah. give a shit about these kids? Maybe not, based yeah. off of everything we've seen. Because <laughs> they just yell at them the whole yeah. time. And when one of them goes away, they're like, yeah, I'm fine with yeah. that. I'm yeah. fine with this decision. Yeah. I will stay behind. Because, <laughs> you know, they, in this scenario, like, uh, like we mentioned, Craig Nelson looked like um, 
more disheveled as time went on. Everyone looked kind of, you know. Yeah. yeah They've been sleeping all right. We slept, we slept okay. <laughs> it's been quieter without Maddie. <laughs> yeah. Someone turn that TV on. Like, yeah. I don't know. It's, it was an interesting choice, but I think the wrong choice. And then, like we said, you got to see the Bone House. Mm -hmm. Bone CG bonus. <laughs> um, you know, Griffin walking through it and uh you know, I get it, let's let's make this creepy house, but there's really no nothing bad happened, I guess. Yeah. Uh, is what you could say. Like all this scary stuff happening around him, like even like they're not gonna let me leave. Well they, they did let you leave. Right. Like yeah. right after you said they wanna yeah. let you leave, they just let you leave. So You didn't um, have the rope at that point, you know. They were Yeah. Like they were just like running towards the rope. Yeah, so it's like it. It's just like it felt like they were trying to raise the stakes, but even like they, there was no stakes at there all. Was, there were zero stakes. Yeah. I mean, I like. I don't know. These kids are stuck in this like nether realm. I don't know. It, it, um. These were not the characters to explore mm. this with. Like, um. You know, the original daughter is just a naive young child the mom going in it's a maternal thing it mm -hmm. makes a lot of sense yeah. the brother just gunning it upstairs yeah. for the first time in his life he's gonna be like <laughs> super brave I mean it's like alright it's commendable but it's a poor choice like yeah. anyone else could have handled that better like the skeptical doctor's assistant could have <laughs> was a better choice than uh, than him um, yeah I think they were trying to pull it at hard strings and it didn't work yeah all right, so let's just go into the endings then. I'll just briefly talk about them and then we could do a comparison. Sure. Should, should we do them back to back or talk about the original ending and then dissect it? How you want to do um, it? Let's do them back to back and right. then dissect them. All right. So the original, I'm going to pick it up for after the house is clean. Yeah. Because that's kind of where the movies really start to get different. So after the house is clean in the original, the family is seen packing, and the dad goes to quit his job one last night. Um, everyone is terrified by the poltergeist. Pretty much the mom and the two young kids, because the oldest daughter, again, just, <laughs> I'm going out. See ya. Um, we get a cool scene with the mom being flipped around the room in her, in her underwear, okay? <laughs> Super necessary. <laughs> um, that's where Robbie versus the clown comes in. Doesn't come in until after we get Carol Ann back. And then Caroline is pretty much just getting sucked into the closet. Um, this is also when the mom is outside and then she's in the swimming pool and she's all the skeletons and coffins start to rise and she just can't get out of the pool. A neighbor eventually helps her, but then doesn't want to help. No, no, no. He's like, I helped you out of the pool, but I'm not going in that house, you fucking nuts. <laughs> um, so she's able to go back in the house and then she sees Caroline and Robbie getting sucked into the closet. Now it's the living breathing closet yeah. so she like grab my hand she grabs one of the kids hands and they grab your sister's yeah, hand yeah and grabs the other hand and she's able to do this like clothesline to get all of them out and uh they're trying to escape the house as it's happening Craig T. Nelson arrives home yeah. and he sees like what the hell is going on in my house <laughs> and then I guess at that point he sees a coffin rise and that's when he says that that line you yeah, move the house the headstone, but not the body. He's just son of a bitch. Yeah. So, so uh, at that point, James Karen plays a character named Mister T, and uh, uh, 
we'll talk about him more but like yeah that's who he's talking to in that moment so that happens um the mom and kids are still trying to get out of the house and but there's more coffins rising he's go back dad's still yelling at the guy probably yeah. you son of a bitch <laughs> <laughs> and then we don't actually see the mom and kids get out of the house they're just outside the house yep. suddenly and um get in the car yeah they get in the car and <laughs> uh, that's when the other daughter comes home and he's like daddy what is happening everybody's just screaming get in the fucking car i love robbie's just like just leave <laughs> <laughs> screw her she's always out anyway yeah, she's a part of the family <laughs> so um they all leave in the car and then the house just starts to implode like you said the other guy is just yeah. watching in horror as the house does this yeah i love the sound effects too when the house oh, starts yeah. to crush itself and then the house is gone and then cut to we're all going into a motel room yep. just just everybody's exhausted nobody's talking <laughs> we're just like open the motel room go inside the room wheel out the tv <laughs> do not want the tv that worked so <laughs> well that's such a good beat you know yeah uh, again, because this, this movie plays with tone so much, it's like, after all that, they're like, eh, no more TV. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> so it's an end on, like, that comedic beat. And, yeah. You know, it just brings it back full circle because we started with the TV. Yep. And now we're ending, ending with, with the TV. The TV. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, like I said, that's static TV because, well, this is a thing that happens to everybody every day. So, mm -hmm. you know, people are going to go home and look at their TV and be like, well. Oh, yeah. yeah. I mean, <laughs> you might have been watching on TV. You might take your TV and, like, you watch a movie <laughs> that you probably enjoyed and you get through your TV. I like, through this. I don't want to. Poltergeist. Oh, man. Uh, and then, you know, it is so common. Hence, we're in a motel where there's a TV, you know. Like, they, they made this about, you know, ultimately, like, you could see yourself being in this scenario, right. even though it makes no sense to anyone being in this scenario. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, maybe we should dissect the... Yeah, we could dissect the, the, the yeah, action. Yeah. So, um, yeah, we kind of... We went through all that stuff to get Carolyn back. Yeah. And then, you know, she says, the house is clean. So, yeah. like, how long did they stay in the house? Because I, I, it felt like another week or so yeah because they made it seem like we're never going back in there and they immediately go back in there. yeah they, they go back in there and then they take their time leaving yeah. and so i had i had a problem with that yeah, like, yeah. <laughs> no, the, for the, sure i was also confused by the timeline because he was like were you there another week or were you like i just gotta get some from the office yeah. <laughs> it seemed like a long time and at that point you know if you're already staying in the motel why are you still well, I don't think they were staying in the motel yet. Yeah, but I think I, they were going to stay in the motel. They were just, I mean, they had to get, they had movers, right? Yeah. So they, at least a couple yeah. of days, you can't just get movers yeah, that's, right, that's right away. You that's know? true. But like. No, but I'm saying like. Oh, after, like, yeah. After everything happened, like, because they need movers. So they're obviously still staying at the house. It's like, like, I get, like, you don't want to maybe just leave your shit there, but like, maybe stay oh, somewhere dude, else. I, I don't know. Point. After, like, after that? Yeah, I, I don't know. I, but you're right, like, yeah, maybe you do move somewhere else. I don't know. That was, that was a little tricky, because, like, I don't think uh, rational, reasonable people would experience that and then just, like, eh, we're going to stay here a little we're bit We're going to stay here a little bit longer until we move everything. Yeah, 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 i got to work out this mortgage. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, I mean, even if, like, he stayed in the house and, like, removed There's some way to remove your family, but whatever. I, again, I think that's... Yes, the timeline 
it's kind of fishy, but it also like it's also a bit of nitpicking, you know. Yeah, but like it, I just yeah, it just it just didn't work for me. And then like to have the kids stay in the exact same I room know. that everything was happening, it's like what are we doing here? I know she said the house is clean, but like I don't care, man. Yeah. You can tell me it's super fucking spectacular, and I'm gonna maybe win money if I stay there one more night. I will not go in that house one more second. Yeah. I love how triumphantly Zelda Ruben scene says it. She takes the glasses off, <laughs> her hair is out. She's like, "This house is clean." Yeah, um, yeah no, I yeah, I'm sitting there um, as you know the horror movie viewer, and I'm like, "What are you doing? Get yeah, out of the yeah, house!" Yeah. So you know, but look, they get to take you on one more ride. I, <laughs> it feels um, a bit shoehorned in to your point. Like I, it's like. Why is this timeline still yeah. going on? Like, I feel like we went through our climax already. Right. I feel right. like we're just, let's do it one more time. You yeah. want an encore? Damn. <laughs> Here we yeah. go. <laughs> yeah. I, it seemed, seemed a bit unnecessary to me as well. It's just like, it just comes out of nowhere. We do it again. And mm. they're like, oh, okay, now that's enough. Like, Yeah. It was enough the first it time. It was. It was. <laughs> it was enough the first time. But, yeah. I think um, as kind of like unnecessary as it's like sort of like uh, st starting this up again, like uh, to get that note at the end, which you could have gotten either way, really. But like to get that note at the end, it did feel more, um, it felt good <laughs> mm -hmm. after seeing more right. of those events. So um, I don't know if it pays off to start your climax over, but you know. Uh, I also thought it was very good to have, uh, like I said, the Mr. T character. Mm -hmm. There, you know, I've said the word villain, but like, yeah, he's kind of a villain. Like he, yeah. he, he, uh, he moved the stones, but not, not the bodies. bodies. <laughs> he's a, he's a corner cutter. So like, though ultimately nothing really happens to him. He kind of gets knocked over by like, that's yeah. a spirit. Um, but like, yeah, it's, this is your fault. Right. Mm -hmm. So like, um, Regardless of how that ends for him, it's like we, we have assigned blamed and we moved on. I, I thought that it was actually useful going back to the job and everything tying back together. It was useful to have that character because like it gave you a rationale for why you've seen the things that you've seen. Mm. You know? And it was corporate greed, kids. <laughs> it's always about the money. Yeah, always. Saving a few pennies <laughs> here and there by not moving the bodies. Hey, and no one's going to know the difference. Because... <laughs> uh, you know, who's got time to exhume everybody? <laughs> I gotta get these luxury, uh, they're not even condoms, but I gotta put these houses down, man. Gotta sell. <laughs> I thought it was funny that, um, in the remake, uh, <laughs> the neighborhood shitty. <laughs> like, uh, like the, the house is built, and like when they were at that dinner party. Oh, like, yeah. Um, yeah, you know, but yeah, it could have moved it to the better neighborhood. It's like, oh. <laughs> <laughs> That's where we live. <laughs> All right, let's get into the remake yeah. ending. Um, so after the house is clean, um, they're told by Maddie that it's not clean. Mm. She's like, what are you talking about? No, oh, it's not clean. They needed me to lead them to the light, and I didn't. And everyone's like, oh, shit. Yeah. <laughs> so they're like in the car. They try to get out of the driveway. They can't. They're stopped by some non-visible entity, and then they're... The car is just thrown into the house, like yeah. upside down, and then they're just back in there. And of course, like everybody's in the car but Maddie, mm. and then there's Maddie like by the stairs, and she just got sucked upstairs. Closet's trying to get her again. So then, kind of similar to the original film, we got the whole family up there this time, not just mom, and uh, they all 
you know, do a clothesline and then they're, they're able mm -hmm. to pull her so she doesn't get taken into the closet. And then they're in another room. And at this point, um, Jared Harris's character's like, oh, it's not gonna let that family go, I better go back in there. And then, you know, the the, the other doctor's like, oh, don't do it, yeah, like, oh, it I'll be all right. I'm, um, I'm tired of this reality TV shit. <laughs> so I'm gonna go up there and really be a hero and yeah, stuff like that. Yeah. <laughs> so while this, um, the family is trying to get out of the window, um, they are all able to get out except for Sam Rockwell's character. Uh, the window just shuts and you can't get out. The house is really starting to get destroyed now. He can see Jared Harris about to go in the closet. He's like, what are you doing? He's like, I'm gonna go in the closet. He's like, oh, don't go in the closet. Yeah. Well, I'm going in the closet. So he goes in the closet. Yeah. And then the window opens and uh, yep. Sam Rockwell's able oh, to get you out. You gotta or, or sacrifice. <laughs> yeah. <Need> somebody. <laughs> so uh, Jared Harris lost. goes in the closet. Sam Rockwell able to get out with his family. Yep. The woman's like, take my car. And he's like, I will. Yep. So he took her car and then they get the fuck out of there. And uh, as they're leaving, the house explodes again. And then we see the spirit thing, yeah. spirit pillar, I guess, yeah. uh, happen. And uh, cops and fire trucks arrive. And yeah. They're just like, no, we gotta get the fuck out of here. And then the team is like, well, what about Jared Harris? Where is he? He's yeah. like, because everybody has a GPS. And it's like, I don't see him. He's not on the computer. And then there's like a beep on there. Like, but wait. Right. Cut to our, I guess, months later, uh, the, the family <laughs> is looking at a new house. And they're just like, oh, yeah, there's lots of closet space. That's not something we're into. Yeah. Uh, yeah, my last closet tried to eat me. <laughs> That's precious. <laughs> yeah. And he's like, this is a really old tree over here. It's actually the oldest tree. And then, like, she's like, where'd everybody go? The family's like, fuck this shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's too similar. <laughs> so they get the fuck out. So, again, movie ends on a comedic beat. Right. Or so you think, because there's a credit scene. You see the credit oh, scene? Oh, I didn't see it. Oh, there's a credit I, scene. I tapped out. <laughs> yeah, 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 There's a credit scene really? where we see Jared Harris okay. and his ex-wife, and they're filming a segment for the TV show. Oh, wow. Yeah. So I guess he made it out, and yeah. the two of them are now doing okay. the TV show together. I assume he made it out because they had that GPS blip. And yeah. Like, right, that's good enough for me. Yeah. Uh, credit scene, huh? Yeah, this, this is a big credit scene, so <laughs> if you missed awesome. it, that's yeah. what happens. Just I missed it. <laughs> the two of them just uh, arguing about the format of the show. Yeah. yeah. They, they had good chemistry. Oh, well, they did have good chemistry. They had good chemistry, so yeah. like, I'm, I'm cool with that. Um, I would go back and watch that. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, you know, leaving the house that they're looking at, you know, that's funny. It's not yeah. as funny as the TV. Though. Yeah, it's not as funny. But, you know, I guess they wanted to end on a comedic beat. And, yeah. You know, rolling out a TV definitely wouldn't work. No, no, no. But what I like about this ending is, okay, we just got our daughter back. Let's get the fuck out yeah. right away. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that, that to me, feels like the right energy. Yes. <laughs> Cause like for them to like stay in the house, I'm gonna take a bath. I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. Why are you so comfortable <laughs> in this haunted, haunted house? You know. <laughs> but yeah, no, I, I think that that made more sense. I don't really understand the, the Jared Harris sacrifice. Like, I'm, he, I'm okay with it, but it's just like, well, what's it now? <laughs> he's a medium, so maybe he was able to communicate with the spirits sure, when sure. he was in their dimension it, 
it's not meant to be understood. Just, yeah. The media, the professionals are going to take care of them. That's fair. That's, that's all you need to know. And, you know, I guess everyone gets closure, right? Yeah, I guess so. You know, we, we know that these spirits get to now rest and not under um, this three-bedroom, <laughs> two-bath <laughs> in uh, the shitty part of town. So I just like the remake, just making it like, let's get out of here Smart. right away as opposed to... I agree. It, I, I really had a problem with that in the original. Yeah, it's streamlined because I, I, I'm right there with you because the original, I was like, wait, what? <laughs> what? Again? Like, it just felt, it felt like, um, you know, I said that a bit about the re remake. Well, I said it about the effects, but like, a bit of overkill. Just, yeah. uh, uh, you know, a movie that's doing so much already, it's like, yeah, I think you guys got it. You know, I don't know if you had to do that again. So, yeah, I do like the remake just getting out of there. Like, of course you would. Yeah, especially because, like, yeah, you brought up a good point in the original. Like, yeah, we, we got a lot of downtime. We're just relaxing. We're taking a bath, you know? I'm going to swing by the office. I'll yeah, see yeah. kids later. You There's know? just so much downtime. That sense of urgency that we had, like, just a few minutes ago is completely gone. Yep. And then just to ramp it back up again, it was just... Mm, there's, there's no balance there. Someone's like, wait, we didn't have anybody in their underwear. Oh, we didn't? <laughs> oh, shit. What about all this other shit? We forgot about the clown. Oh, the fucking clown! We'll do it again! We'll do it again! We're gonna yeah, do it again. You gotta watch Robbie fight that clown. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, um, effectively, you know, almost the same ending. Yeah. More or less. But. Yeah, the family is ultimately able to get away. The house is destroyed. Mm-hmm. You know, because we've added um, this Jared Harris character, it's cool that he had an arc. Um, it's like, I can't really complain about how much screen time he's getting because he is yeah. the most fun person <laughs> yeah, in the movie. So, like, I'm glad there's a mid-credit scene with him. It's like, <laughs> all right, like, is it necessary? Absolutely not. But we already did it, so, yeah, just embrace it. Cool. All right, I, I think that's about everything. Yeah, yeah. So is, so, is this the part where we... This is the part, yeah. All right, so I'll, I'll leave it to you, Reggie. Verdict time. Reggie, should this remake of Poltergeist exist? Oh, the uh, remake of Poltergeist shouldn't exist. This is a really <laughs> easy one, guys. I didn't have to think about it very hard. Um, I I do feel bad that I don't... Like, in that world where this remake doesn't exist, I don't get to see Jared Harris be kind of cool for, like, 20 minutes in the movie. Um, but I do get to miss some kind of nonsensical changes that like just undermine the movie from the start i mean the the original cardinal sin here is sam rockwell and his uh his wife the, damn it um whatever sorry uh <clears throat> amy bowen rosemary dewitt yeah but sam rockwell and rosemary dewitt um don't have jobs and that's a central theme for about half of the movie. Um, too much to think about, you know? Like, I don't know, you know, is it the 08 crisis? Like, I, I don't want to think about their lack of finances. I want to think about Poltergeist. Um, the original movie is able to, like, play, I don't know if it's just because it's the 80s movie or, like, stylistically, it feels humorous and funny at times mm -hmm. before it gets dark and, like, it feels like it's got its own style and its own... There's something about the film, right? Like, they made choices that made that film unique. This remake is a generic horror film with the Poltergeist title. And it goes through the same beats, more or less, with some additions. But it's just so flat 
the no job thing is unnecessary. They don't do anything really better than the previous film. And yeah, because Craig Nelson is so fun in the original movie, because Zelda Rubenstein has this like landmark character. What what are you, what are you guys doing? <laughs> like, what are you, you know, Jared Harris is not enough to uh, <laughs> say that this movie should exist. So yeah, no, Poltergeist 2015. Um, and not just go watch Poltergeist. Why would you watch this? Um, I like it. I like everybody in it too. I like Jane Adams. I like Sam Rockwell. Yeah. I, I like them all, but they they got there's not much for them to do. So yeah, not not a great film. Um, shouldn't exist. What I like about the original Poltergeist is um, how they really made it feel like it could happen to pretty much anybody. Right. Like I keep saying it, that that static on the TV that was such a smart decision yeah. to say like this is the way you can communicate with the other side. Just having this thing that occurs in everybody's everyday life. And then going back to what you said, like how like the first half hour almost doesn't feel like a horror movie. It can mm -hmm. be like anything. I think that plays to the strength of that movie because like like just like it, this extraordinary thing could happen to like everyday people. Like this extraordinary thing can happen to this almost normal movie. Like all of a sudden we're just taking these characters in this normal movie and putting them in this extreme situation. So that really worked. And they didn't really they weren't even really able to capture that in the remake. You know, it's, it's, we don't have static TVs anymore, right? So, and they weren't able to really make anything that, you know, everyday or mundane, they weren't able to make it scary or threatening. And they just didn't add enough or really do anything to, oh shit, we forgot to say that's the mom to save the kid versus yeah. the, the boy who saved the kid. We'll, we'll get back to yeah. that after this. Um, um, yeah, they just didn't, like, change anything enough or, like, really put any, like, its own style on it or, so, like, really, like, elevate it. And, you know, the best way I could describe the movie was, like, fine. Like, everybody's mm -hmm. fine. Like, yep. I like the cast. Everybody was fine in their role. But, like, nothing to really, like, like elevate. Like, Poltergeist is, like, a staple in, like, the horror genre for haunted houses, for sure. Yeah. Right? And to, like, have that source material and to, like, just be fine with it, I just feel like is it's not acceptable. <laughs> you're taking like something that was like, it's like A plus here and then you're just putting like C plus effort. Yeah, it's I could watch it, but like, look what we had to play with it. Right. We, didn't, we didn't even come close. So like, I was a little more apprehensive about this one. I was like, mm, I don't know, maybe, you know, it's, it's good enough, yeah. but like, when you compare it to the original, especially, it just, it's, it's really not good enough. Not good. So, um, yeah, for me too, I don't think this remake should exist. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it, it's too... It's so mundane. Yeah, it's just too... It's too... Like, yeah. Like, it, like you're saying, is it a fine movie? Sure. It's a fine movie. If it wasn't a poltergeist movie, maybe I'd just watch it and as is. Um, I would probably think I'd still have problems with, like, the job thing. Because, like, well, that, I don't get why we're concerned with that, but like, yeah, compared to the original Poltergeist, it's like, yeah, we're not even in the same, same realm. Yeah. I just wish they had incorporated like, you know, some modern technology and like to put like this twist on that, like they were able to take the technology of the time, the TVs, mm -hmm. and mm -hmm. to put like this spooky specter thing in it and like just figure out a way to do that with like modern technology we have today and there's, there's such a way like... Like we're talking about the Chucky. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, just using the smart devices and turning them against everybody. Yeah. It's, it's a simple way of doing it. And this oh, movie please. came out 
way before Chucky, so they could have beaten it to the punch, but they didn't really use any of the sport yeah, technology. Just, yeah, they just, uh, I think they played it too close to the original yeah. without taking the swings where they needed to, and the choices that they did make were consequential. Hmm. So. Yeah. Yeah, so it's it's, it's an okay movie. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, you might, I don't think, like, you'll hate it, but it's just... It's so boring. I, I fell asleep watching it. Yeah. I'm not gonna lie, all right? Nah, I, I fell asleep watching this movie. It took me two days to get through it. That's fair. It was so boring. It's the type of movie you could just have on in the background. And, yeah. You know, again, like not to. There, there are performances in it. Yeah. But you know, it's just it's not enough. It's just not enough in the film itself. Yeah, I like Sam Rockwell a lot. I like Jared Harris, but there, there's just not much for them to do. Yeah, unfortunately. Yeah. So. All right. Cool. Well, that was our verdict. Do you agree with us? Do you guys disagree with us? Let us know in the comments. So, at this point, I guess we gotta figure out what we're gonna do next. Yeah. Um, you got something for us. I think so. Oh, yeah? Yeah, so, we've been kind of jumping around genres, and, and uh, horror is one that we don't do too often. We did some more comedic stuff recently. Why don't we stay in, like, a very specific mode and try another Western? Okay. And I'm thinking the Magnificent Seven. Ooh. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right. Magnificent Seven it is. Cool. So be sure to watch Magnificent Seven for the next episode. All right. That pretty much does it for this episode. Um, if you're watching on YouTube, you know, leave us comments. We love responding to those. If you're listening to, on iTunes, uh, be sure to give us five stars and a nice review to help us boost awareness of the podcast. Yeah. And with that, um, I'm Reggie Parker. Oh, I thought you were going to post oh, my socials. Sorry, yeah, <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, so, you know, check us out on uh, Twitter and Instagram at Retro versus Remake. Uh, you know, we're on Spotify, we're on iTunes. You're probably watching this on YouTube. Um, so, yeah, check us out. Rate, review, five stars, all that fun stuff. Uh, all the support, we really appreciate it. And with that. Uh, and, and with that... Uh, I'm Reggie Parker. And I'm Dan Bulick. This has been another episode of Retro vs. Remake. Yeah. Ooh. Spooky. Mm. Spooky. CD Bone House. The bones. <laughs> the bones are the house. So yeah. are the worms. <laughs>